Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, October 14th. It's the first Saturday card of the season. It's 14 games on the docket today in the NHL. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break it all down for you uh, and excited to uh, have this first massive Saturday slate. Before we get into it, we'll recap last night. We do want to talk about uh, a situation that we uh, Alex mentioned to me before the show where some people are not seeing the join button on yeah. the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and the attempt to try to join uh, the Ice Guys family plan, which again is just $9.99 per month. We've got our nice community in there that we've really started to develop there. Uh, Alex posts live bets. Uh, I'll, so I'm going to start posting live bets when I'm, I don't make too many early in the season, but uh, whenever I have live bets, I will post them. Members only posts for our Ice Guys family plan members. Uh, all our daily card will be posted there. Yesterday, there was no card. Unfortunately, I had to leave right away, right after the show. So we couldn't get the card up. It was a short card. Yeah. But m- most days, especially every day where you're going to have a Saturday, Tuesday, and a Thursday where it's a big slate, you will see the card. No doubt the Patreon yeah. members will see it on the page and definitely on the uh, the members-only portion of the Ice Guys YouTube channel uh, as part of the family plan. So we'll have that up for you today for sure. But again, we're being told, we're, be- we're being led to believe at least that iOS devices do not have the join button uh, on uh, when you watch a video of ours on the channel. So make sure you use like a Samsung Galaxy, an Android device, use a yeah. web browser like Firefox or Google Chrome or Explore, whatever the case may be, uh, and just use something other than an iOS device because apparently everywhere else you can see that join button right beside our YouTube channel when you're watching any one of our live shows or our previous videos. So we just wanted to clarify that because there was a lot right, of yeah, it, the join yeah. button. So that's the programmers apparently for YouTube fucking up. But of course, because they fucked up, it's our problem now. We got to address it. Right. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I had a ton of messages on the YouTube page, even on, on Patreon and, and DMs on, on our, our Twitter as well. But yeah, it's something related to the YouTube app running on apple devices so even if you were to just grab a, a browser and, and download it quickly on, you know a, a, on your phone to watch it and load it and, and, and take care of it from there and then once you go on the back end everything that's on the youtube to the ice guys channel you'll be able to see that in the community tab that's open and available throughout everything it's just the the actual signing up portion for whatever reason hopefully that's something they fix whenever they do their next update but as of now you can't do that on an ios device so we apologize for that. Like I said, we're going to try and work and help with anybody who has one. Uh, like I said, you can message me on Twitter, AXMissports. I'll be gladly to try to help figure things out with you uh, on an individual basis if need be, because we want you guys to join and get this information. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always there's always something, right? That's what my mom always says. You know, you, you take three steps forward, and you're always going to fall back at least a little bit. So we're, we're trying our best here with this, and, and we're learning right along with you guys on, on how things work in the world of YouTube on this end. And uh, so hopefully we can get that rectified sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, like I say, uh, lots of fun stuff ahead. And countdown's on, actually. We're going to have our first live betcast a week from Tuesday, of course. That's that big Tuesday, October 24th, with all 32 uh, NHL teams in action. And, boy, we are definitely looking forward to that for sure. 
uh, coming up in a week uh, from Tuesday. So uh, good to see everyone in the chat joining us uh, briefly. And I mean, briefly, uh, we're going to talk uh, last night because most of the day will be spent on the massive 14 games. But just quickly, man, it's, we talked about it going into the uh, on yesterday's show, going into the game last night. The Pittsburgh Washington is just not what it used to be. Well, if you watch that game, it was not pretty. And uh, I, I didn't see much of it. I was gone at the Ticat finale last night. But I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I saw the highlights. looked like a pretty dreary game for a Penguins-Capitals game. Uh, and it was certainly dreary for the home team. Uh, Penguins uh, get the uh, easy victory last night. And uh, look, Pittsburgh's no great shakes. And then you see Washington play. Oh, man. Uh, tough for them to really get a thrust of offense going. And that's going to be the concern for them. A lot of their core guys are older now. Oshie, Wilson, Kuznetsov. Backstrom, Ovechkin, and then after that, there's a pretty precipitous drop-off with what they can expect, I think, offensively. So that's going to be something to watch, but uh, pretty much it tells you why I stayed off uh, that game entirely because I want to bet against Pittsburgh, but I felt, you know, after the loss to Chicago, this might be a spot they step up, they win, because I'm not that high on Washington either. And sure enough, Penguins get a 3-0 victory there against, I guess, the bright spot too for uh, Pittsburgh so far is that even in the Chicago game, Jari was not really at fault. He's actually played okay here in the first two games. That's definitely something Pittsburgh can uh, be uh, uh, confident in, something that they can uh, be happy about here through the first uh, two games. They got it done, as Evan says in the chat. I know he's a Penguins fan. Yeah, they got it done. Wasn't pretty, uh, but a win is a win. And but believe me, early in the season when there's a lot of sloppy hockey being played across the board, you're going to take it. And then, of course, we've got the... Um, the, the, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, my best bet at plus 205. Um, I was, uh, I was uh, not confident, but I said of the two games tonight, I feel this is best bet worthy. I feel, I felt all along Arizona could hang in that game, that Arizona could compete with New Jersey, that Arizona's now got enough weapons offensively this year, you know, to be better and hang in a game like that against a very skilled, very talented, very depth laden team like the New Jersey Devils. And they sure did. They played a really Solid game. They got off to a great start, up to nothing. New Jersey made their push. What I was very impressed with, and you have to credit Andre Tourney for this, New Jersey has a good second period, right? They erase the 2-0 deficit. They score three unanswered to take a 3-2 lead. Whatever Tourney said to his team going into the third, like, you're playing a good game. They're gonna, they're a really good team. They made a push. You guys just stay the course, keep playing. We've got 20 minutes left. And you guys can still make something of this game. He probably said something along those lines. And whatever he said, it worked. Arizona played a really good third. They eventually got the game tied. And then they ended up winning, of course, in the shootout 4-3. Uh, that game uh, was very nice for me because I uh, had the over and Arizona, both of those cashing in. And uh, as much as I've had a tough time um, with my so far with Seattle, calling them a team that I thought would be really, really good this season, uh, especially out of the gate. They've gotten off to an 0-2 start. My preseason read with Arizona, at the very least, is off to a very good start. Uh, I felt this team is going to uh, make some noise. I Again, I still don't know about the playoffs yet. It's, it's only one game. But I said this team is going to be able to do this this season. They're going to be able to pull some upsets. They're going to be able to beat a New Jersey this year, a Tampa Bay this year. They're going to be able to beat you know some of the better teams, maybe even a Boston uh, later this, which actually they beat Boston at home last year. I remember this Arizona team, they have that kind of capability. They've got a really nice mix right now of the young prospects in the lineup with some nice veteran additions that they've made. Zucker, Kerfoot, 
Dumba on the back end who gets a goal. And what a call by Jimmy Murphy. Are you kidding me? Last night. Amazing. Amazing. Unbelievable. Bargain bin special of the night. Mine, of course, fell short. Logan Cooley. Logan Cooley did have two points, though, but he did not score a goal. But Jimmy Murphy gave Matt Dumba. And the price on that, what was it? Plus 1,500, I think I said. Yeah. Uh, some, yeah I someone it. said it was up to plus 4,000 at Caesars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the so, pregame. The best pregame number I saw in Dumbo was plus 1,500. So maybe okay. in-game yeah. it got even better uh, for him to score. But that's an unbelievable yeah. call. Uh, <laughs> uh, credit to Jimmy Murphy, man. Uh, shout out yeah. to him for that. Uh, on the Bargain Bin Special of the Night segment yesterday, Matt Dumba. Anywhere from fifteen to one in that range, and might be maybe even better if you decided yeah. to bet it live during the uh, game. Oh, the first goal might have been forty to one. Uh, oh, two, the first know. goal, I, and which I was wondering about last night because not only did he score yet, but for him to get the first goal, yeah, that probably had to be that could have been forty to one even higher than that. If if, if we saw, if he gave he gave it out at what price did he give it out at? It was like twenty five to one. If I'm not saying yeah, twenty to yeah, one. I, it what well the one at the time of the show I'm pretty sure the the best I saw was fifteen to one for any time okay. goal scorer for Matt okay. Dumba. And I thought, see, I thought I saw I saw a twenty to one for that. So first goal could have easily been in anywhere in the range of forty to fifty one. So that's something that would you recommend that in certain aspects? Maybe not necessarily for uh, a top tier player, but if you're taking a bargain bin shot for an any time goal. Would you yeah. maybe take even like an eighth of a unit or a quarter of a unit and sprinkle on a first goal at, at certain times? Or it, it, would it, you have to pick your spots with that, obviously. But but is it something to, to dabble in? It's something I would like in the NFL when it comes to the touchdown props. Like you're going to take Christian yeah. McCaffrey, for instance. Mm -hmm. Like the ones that are first like even money, time. barely plus one fifty, or laying a price to score a touchdown. I'm more keen on taking them to score the first touchdown those players okay. the ones okay. that are the longer shot goal props i'll just take the anytime goal uh, i won't okay. spray it you, know, you could i mean that would be a huge massive hit if someone yeah. that's like plus 400 to score a goal ends up scoring if anytime scores a goal first uh the first goal of the game but yeah that's just uh incredible but it's something that's to consider if you like a goal score prop do the you know, the, the, the anytime goal score prop and then do like maybe a quarter of that amount on the first goal, you know, just in case, just to see if you can uh, maximize. And it is kind of a lottery type of deal with the first goal prop. But look, with Matt Dumbo, what Jimmy said uh, yesterday, saying Matt Dumbo to find the back of the net, it obviously paid off for him. Again, 16 to 1 at Caesars, I'm seeing as I can go back in the history here right. on BetStamp and see what the lines were. You can go back to previous wow. days and still see what the lines were. Matt Dumba oh, yeah. was plus 1,600 at Caesars to score. He was plus 45 to 50 to 1 at DraftKings and FanDuel for the first goal. Wow, so amazing. 45, amazing. 50 to okay. 1 for okay. the first goal. But, Alex, I'll wrap up some thoughts here from you on the uh, two games last night. Yeah, well, like I said, with that Arizona game, it, it only made sense to look at at Coyotes. And, you know, we often say that phrase, we only, we're looking at Team A or nothing. Well, that was truly that spot of, of Coyotes or nothing. And uh, they were they were lucky to get the win. I mean, they had you know had to go to OT in a shootout to, to do it. But, uh, but like I said, those are the gritty wins they're going to get. And that's why you go and grab those prices with these teams because they won't be around long. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, like, it's going to be it's going to be a minute before we see another. It's going to take at least maybe a five-game losing streak before we see a, another Coyotes plus 200 or higher. Uh, and even then, it would have to be against an upper echelon team like a, a Boston or a Colorado a team that's that's really high uh, amongst the the liking of the books. This is going to be a team that we'll be able to cash some value on, but you're going to have to react sooner than later with the Coyotes because 
Uh, they, they said that that fierce kind of just pesky play they had the second half of last year and what we saw from them at home. Now they're taking it on the road. Granted, this is the first game. They were already settled in and, 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 and you know, uh, established in New Jersey the last couple of days. Probably would have been a different story if we're talking about them leaving home, flying straight to New Jersey and getting ready for a game 24 hours later. So uh, we have to look at things in relativity. Arizona's good. Uh, as far as betting is concerned, they're not going to be, you know, world beaters just yet, but definitely like what I saw from them overall in their first game. Pittsburgh, Washington, I barely watched any of that. And, uh, yeah, Ian, you missed hardly anything. Like I said, we saw, if you watch the highlights, you pretty much caught that game. And, you know, I said about Washington that maybe they could be live in this spot because it's the opening night and this is as fresh as this team's going to be. But it would pretty much just kind of go downhill from here. Well, if this is where starting level is, it's going to be probably as bad as I said. This could be one of those teams that's right there with uh, Philly and, and Columbus, one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't look good. That didn't look good at all, to be honest, from the Washington Capitals uh, last night. And uh, look, um, I, I don't have them highly rated at all. We're going to find out when, my, and you're, you guys are going to find out when on the Patreon page and also the uh, members only portion of our community tab for the Ice Guys Family Plan subscribers on Monday. I'm releasing my first set of power ratings in the NHL uh, this season. And you're going to see where, how far, you're going to be surprised how far down Washington is. Uh, they were far down coming into the season. That first uh, set of ratings on Monday, I, I had to drop them after last night, honestly. That was ugly. That was rough. Uh, and uh, I don't know how much better. It's going to get, remember the average age of this team, what it is, it's in the thirties. And um, that was a team that's pretty much, you know, older and, uh, you know, long in the tooth as well, taking it to them last night, which doesn't bode well. What are they going to do when they face Jersey in this division and Rangers in this division uh, and Carolina in this division uh, over and over again? So very, very concerning right now for the uh, Washington Capitals. All right, we've got 14 games on this Saturday slate. Let's get into it. This one starts in an hour or so, a little less than an hour from now, 1 p.m. Eastern. The home opener for the Ottawa Senators, minus 190 against the Philadelphia Flyers, six and a half the total in this game. I was impressed. Color me impressed with Ottawa the other night. You know, they're starting the season with no Josh Norris. They're starting the season with no Shane Pinto due to a contract dispute. And here they were against Carolina. They got off to a good start, got the early goal. Uh, Carolina came back as you, they normally do at home. They're a tough place to, uh, tough team to beat there, uh, in Raleigh at PNC arena, but here's care Ottawa down three, one, they get two quick ones to tie it up three, three, get right back in the game. And I like seeing that. I like seeing teams that they're playing a really good football, uh, really good hockey team. I've got college football on the TV, so I almost said football there, but they're playing a really good hockey team. And, you know, the, but then all of a sudden things start to get away. And, you know, go down 3-1 like Ottawa did, and they spiral at that point. But they didn't. They came back. They tied it. Tim Stutzla had a terrific game. Tim Stutzla props are probably worth – if you're looking at player props for Ottawa, you have to start with Tim Stutzla. Probably Kachuk as well for shots props, points props, goal props, you name it. Uh, definitely those are players you want to target uh, here if you like uh, the Ottawa uh, side of the equation. Uh, these are guys you can uh, count on to show up for you most nights. Uh, Brady Kachuk, same thing, but it was a great effort. Uh, again, Carolina answers after the 3-3, but I like the way that Ottawa didn't just roll over in that game. And that's a tough way to start the season against, you know, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and you end up battling them there 5-3 to three, uh, in that one, even though you fell short. Now you come home, you face a much weaker opponent, although Philadelphia gets a win in their opener on the road against Columbus 4-2. to two. 
But this is going to be obviously a little bit tougher here now going up to this uh, Ottawa team for this uh, early start. I like Ottawa here in this game, but I'm going to split it between two different Sens bets here. I'm going to go with Ottawa in regulation around minus 108, you know, is what I found with the uh, Senators here in regulation. Uh, pretty solid price with that uh, at uh, Pinnacle. Yeah, minus 108 still available there. And I'm also splitting it up with the Sens team total over three and a half. Uh, in this game. I think offensively, we see some capabilities here for this uh, Ottawa Senators team. Um, and I think you're going to see that here. Again, they scored three goals against a very stingy, one of the best penalty kill teams in the league, one of the best five-on-five -five defensive teams in the league as well, the Carolina Hurricanes on the road. And, you know, we saw that Ottawa offense strike. So to ask them to get one goal more than that, the more than what they did against a very good Carolina team on the road against a weaker opponent, I don't think that's asking too much. Obviously, home opener, it goes without saying, they should be fired up. So a little split bet to get the day started here. Ottawa and Reg, Ottawa team total over. Alex, anything for you, Flyers, Senators? No, I was just talking in the chat with uh, John Massey about how, yeah, you know, 1 p.m. home opener in a cornfield. Like, yeah, I, I think that's strange how teams, you know, may, and I'm, I'm guessing this is probably related to the NHL still having that deal with, like, European television to have. Saturday day Correct. games on early. Okay, because because I'm like, well, what team would willingly sign up to have your home opener in the daytime and not at night and, and have, you know, at least some kind of a grant? Maybe, who knows? I don't know. I don't know how Ottawa runs things. Maybe they have some kind of big tailgate thing out in the, in the daytime beforehand, but who knows? Uh, as far as on the ice and, and in the game's concerned, this is where I'm going to pass. This is a huge card. I definitely want to, you know, catch, I'll have the TV screen on next to me and definitely catch a glimpse. Like I said, Ottawa's a team we all are, are somewhat high on, right? And, and we liked them last year. We thought they could make that playoff jump last year. They fell a bit short, had a rough start. So we want to see them get to a better start this year if we believe they're going to be a playoff team or even just a team that hangs around in that wild card race for most of the year. So they need to get off to a good start here in this game. So this might be one I'll dabble in live. Maybe I'll throw something in the chat, like I said, as the game's on. We'll, we'll certainly be on for uh, the majority of the first period uh, as, as we go going through today's big card. So that's just off of it for right now. Yeah, I think you'll see them carry the play here in this game, uh, Ottawa, uh, a little bit. And like I say, props would be Stutzla, Kachuk. Batherson over shots, too. Batherson's been trending over shots as well. Those are all good shot prop guys, too. Kachuk, Batherson, and uh, Stutzla. Uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators here in this one. All right, next up, it's the Florida Panthers and the Winnipeg Jets. This is also the other afternoon game. There's only two afternoon games. The other 12 are all at night. Uh, we've got Winnipeg minus 135 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, you've got the Winnipeg Jets, obviously. Uh, they are looking to um, um, keep it or bounce back, I should say, after the loss to Calgary. So is Florida. Uh, they lost and got shut out by the uh, Minnesota Wild in their first game. It's a case of two teams looking to really uh, get back on track at their first win of the season. Uh, Paul Maurice back in Winnipeg again, although it's not the first time he's been there, obviously, since he's been head coach of the uh, Florida Panthers. Sam Bennett remains out. We've talked about it with Florida. This is not a team I want my money on here. Uh, early in the season. And you could tell this is a team I wanted my money against when I was even willing to take Minnesota <laughs> for a small bet against them uh, the other night uh, against Florida. Uh, I just think this team, well, first of all, they didn't score against Minnesota. So scoring, where did it go? You know, and I know Bennett is a, a key forward for them, but, you know, to get shutouts, not what you want to see. Uh, Verhage, Barkov, you know, Rodriguez, Kachuk, very, very uh, quiet they were in that game. 
uh, against Minnesota, although the goaltending from Gustafson was good. It was a weird game where you saw 41 shots for Florida. I don't think all of those shots were of quality, though. Minnesota was pretty solid uh, defensively in that game. You're going to probably have to amp it up. This team, to me, though, on the back end, until they get Ekblad and Montour back, they are hurting a little bit, especially when you look at Nikola Kulikov, Mahura, uh, Uvis uh, Bolinskis, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. I mean, Forsling, it's Forsling and a bunch of question marks right now on the blue line for Florida. It's Forsling and a bunch of guys that, you know, you, you could pick apart their game and say there's there's a flaw in some area with this Florida defense, with every blue liner that they have outside of Forsling right now. That's concerning. Uh, goalie Bob, you know, it didn't play that bad, honestly, against Minnesota, but again, much weaker blue line in front of them. You know, the Jets, they were right there with Calgary. Uh, unfortunately, it was a late goal that gave the Flames the uh, victory in that game. Uh, it looks like Nikolai Ehlers here for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we'll see if, uh, you know, he played against uh, Calgary, but he had a, uh, uh, he ended up falling down into the boards and, and ended up getting injured. But it looks like uh, he was practicing yesterday. So it's a good sign that Nikolai Ehlers is going to play, you know, not confirmed yet, but Certainly the fact that he was on the ice for the uh, Jets yesterday is a good sign. I am right back to the fade Florida uh, Express here, if you will. Uh, I took Winnipeg here. I got minus 125. It's gone up a little bit uh, since uh, I got in on that. It's up to minus 135 now, actually, uh, in some spots. I anticipate the goaltending matchup here in this game uh, to be a Hellebuck against uh, Bobrovsky. Uh, hasn't been confirmed, but that's fully what I expect uh, here in this game. But I'm going to go back to the well here, uh, Fading this Florida Panthers team here. And a Winnipeg Jets team that now, I'm not going to be looking for a ton of spots to back them, but their home opener uh, against a vulnerable team right now. I am okay taking Winnipeg here uh, at this price. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Panthers, Jets. Yeah, I grabbed Winnipeg minus 115 yesterday in this spot because, like I said, I'm, I'm already on the floor, fade Florida train. I, I got that win with uh, Minnesota. And, and that was mostly predicated, like I said, on I like Minnesota in home openers. They're now... 18-1-1-1 lifetime uh, in their first home game of the season. So that was really the reason for that. But like you mentioned, Florida, 41 shots on goal. They were not of the highest quality. And Gustafson stood on his head as well when when they were of of even an average or better quality. So, uh, yeah, Florida's in a a bad spot right now. And like I said, I think Winnipeg, with the way that they lost that first game, they definitely want to come out with even more uh, energy and fire. So, I like Winnipeg here, and like I said, 135, 140. At this point, you might as well go and grab them in regulation. I don't think this will even be that close of a game to to warrant overtime here. So I would go even money at regulation if you can't get anything. Uh, I don't see this dropping back the other way, so that's probably your best bet right now. All right, very good. Now on these big Saturday cards, and you could say the same when we have a Tuesday or a Thursday card that's pretty big. When I mention player props, I'm not really going to go into all the finite details. I'm just going to sit, throw out player names. And you know what I'm talking I'm going to look at this player, this player, this player. You know what I'm talking about. You know it'll be shots on goal. You know it'll be goal prop. It'll be a point prop if the price is below minus 150. Those are the things I would be looking at. And for the Winnipeg Jets, I'd look at Velarde and I'd look at Niederreiter. Niederreiter actually got a lot of his damage offensively at home last year for the Winnipeg Jets when they got him. And uh, like I say, Gabe Velarde is going to have opportunities to produce playing with Shifley and Connor. You know, when you're playing on the top line, we know what he did with L.A. last year. Uh, so those are definitely two players I'm looking at. And when I say players, I mean shots on goal, goals, points, props. Uh, that would be uh, the, the the type of props uh, that would uh, constitute when I say looking at a specific player. All right, Calgary and Pittsburgh next up. This is the rest of the games are at night. 
uh, on this uh, Saturday night portion of the card. Even money here, minus 110, both sides, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. This is a very interesting angle and dynamic that we've dealt with here this season so far. Team on the back-to-back -back versus a team with the rest advantage. Team with the rest advantage has done well so far. We've only seen two examples of it. It was Boston beating Chicago, who were on a back-to-back. -back. And last night, it was Arizona beating New Jersey, who were on a back-to-back. -back. Here, you've got Calgary. You, If you buy into that theory, Calgary's got the advantage playing a Pittsburgh Penguins team here uh, on a back-to-back uh, -back, uh, in this one. I like Calgary here. I'm going to take Calgary here, even money, minus 110. I liked, I liked that I saw a lot of great positive energy. I saw a team that was flying. saw a team that was taking the body. I saw a team that was getting in on the forecheck. I liked a lot of things about that Calgary Flames team in their first game against Winnipeg. Uh, now they got to go on the road. And look, Pittsburgh bounced back last night against Washington. But I like what I saw from Calgary. And keep in mind, this was a dramatic flame out, no pun intended, a dramatic underachievement by this Flames team. A roster that we all thought when we looked at it, this is a capable team. This could be a playoff team. They just underachieved dramatically. Huberto had a tough year. Kadri had a tough year. Uh, Lindholm even saw his offense decline. But I think when you look at Calgary here, the, the air has been cleansed. The dressing room stench has been cleansed, if you will, because they've got Ryan Huska there now and Daryl Sutter's gone. You can see everyone looked like they were more relaxed, more at ease, enjoying the game more, having a little more fun. Just I just saw a lot more energy. And look, it helps that finally Calgary turned a lot of their shots on goal that they usually get uh, into goals, into some finish yeah. uh, in that game. And, you know, scoring four goals was not a uh, common occurrence last year for the Calgary Flames. So part of it is, look, I'm sure they're working on, you know, their offensive side of the game, you know, finishing around the net. But part of it is Brian Husk has allowed the blue line and the defenseman to have the green light and activate and join the rush and join the play. It's made them an exciting that they were in a very exciting team to watch. I thought I thought in that first game against Winnipeg. So I like to see that. And I think if you put pressure on this Pittsburgh team defensively, I still don't think much of Pittsburgh's defense. I know uh, they shut out Washington last night, but to me, Washington's offense has a lot of issues with it. Let's not forget they couldn't hold a lead against Alex's Chicago Blackhawks in their first game. So this defense is still, I got to see more before I'm ready to say, ah, they're really that good. Uh, to me, there's only one really good plus solid defender that I'd want on my team if I'm building a Stanley Cup defense, and maybe that's Pedersen, you know, as far as the defensive side. Latang struggles on the defensive side. We know Carlson does, even though they've got the offensive prowess. And then the rest of the blue line, they're just very inexperienced and still trying to grow into their roles. So uh, I definitely think Pittsburgh is a defense that's still a weight in progress for me. And I think they're going to finally be put to the test by this Calgary team. I liked what I saw in their first game. So Calgary minus 110 for me. And I'm also going to grab a little bit here over six and a half this total. I still think Pittsburgh's going to be more of an over team as the season goes on, especially with the defensive concerns. Offensively, they're capable enough. And on the other side, like I said about Calgary, from Daryl Sutter's style to Ryan Huska's style, that's definitely going to – they're going to be in some higher scoring games. Hell, the first game went over the total with them against Winnipeg, and they grabbed a Winnipeg team that I don't think is trying to play up and down hockey. They grabbed Winnipeg into that style in their first game, and I think they could do that here with Pittsburgh tonight as well. So Calgary minus 110 and also over 6.5 uh, in this game for me at even money. Alex, what do you think here? Flames, Penguins. Yeah, congratulations to the Flames for discovering this noble concept of that. If you shoot the puck past the goaltender, you're going to score goals. 
And uh, <laughs> it, it's just fascinating how the differences day and night just out of game one between Sutter and Huska and how I, I, you know, I remember I was saying it when we joked about the whole Calgary Sternum thing. And I said, I don't even think Sutter works on play works with players on shot angles. I think everything is just literally just streamlined right down one lane or the other. There's no, you know, redirection. There was no creativity within the offense. And now you're just seeing it, it looks like it's this grand offense because of how bad it really was last year. We don't know if this is this might just be an average offense. You know, we're going we're going to learn that over time or this could be better than average. But the fact that we're seeing just more creativity overall, it, it, it's got to be welcome for Flames fans. But certainly for us betters who just, you know, ad nauseum, just watch this team play like, you know, uh, a, a youth hockey group, essentially, uh, some night. So now going against a Pittsburgh team that they've played well against. They've won nine of the last 14 meetings after going on. I'm looking back at the history. They went on a dreadful losing streak against them for a very long time. Of course, now with teams playing each other twice a year regularly, Calgary's had uh, more success against them. So Pittsburgh, like I said, they're just kind of out of sorts right now. A lot of new pieces, a lot of big pieces, you know, Think about it. The the king of that blue line all this time during the, the Penguins run has been Chris Letang, right? There's never really been another. What other defenseman could you ever say at any point in the last 15, 16 years has even kind of pushed close to being uh, another option? There's a couple of other you know guys that just kind of fringe that come by name. But Eric Carlson is really the top defenseman on this this team. And maybe that's causing some not not saying like it's internal issues like this infighting or anything like that, but may, just just getting familiar with different roles, you know, and these older guys having to take a step back. Yes, Sidney Crosby is one of the best players in the world. He's still a captain and we know how fired up and, and, and ready he is for this particular season. But if his body is not allowing him to be Sidney Crosby of 2010, 2016, 2017 anymore and he has to take a step back then somebody's got to step up in that spot if Evgeny Malkin at 37 going to 38 years of age can't step up somebody else is going to have to jump in in Pittsburgh we talked about that they don't have that depth they don't have the guys that can plug and play all the plug and play guys from 10 years ago are in the lineup Brian Russ who, who scores a goal Brian Russ is going to work himself to death it seems because he how often do we talk about him being the glue guy even though he's a top six forward he should be one of those guys that deserve to take a, a night off but he can't because he has to always be there when Crosby's not there. He has to always be there when Malkin's not there. When when 90-year-old Jeff Carter can't do anything, it's, it's always Brian Russ's name that, that pops up on the score sheet. So Pittsburgh's got to find that consistency, and it's going to take a minute. They still might be a playoff team. I'm not writing them off the, end of the face of the earth just yet. But in this spot, I love Calgary here. This is a great price, so I'm going with the Flames. All right, going with the Flames as well. And we'll shout out our new members. I just see it right now. Dingus, welcome to the Ice Guys family plan. Thanks for joining us uh, again, nine ninety nine US per month for that, for all our bonus stuff. We're just scratching the surface. Like for the first week or two, we're just posting out text stuff and picks and yeah. our power ratings, our goalie charts, our daily card, our live bets, which Alex has been killing early in the season for our members only uh, in the community tab on the ice guys, YouTube channel, but we're going to have exclusive videos, exclusive shows, exclusive impromptu live betcasts that are only available to those that are subscribed on the family plan uh, throughout the course of the season. So we're definitely looking forward to that as well. Evan, who's been a long time viewer of the show. He was actually on one of our betcasts. I remember, and he, I think was over and he might still be there over in Europe. And he was like on with us. And it was like 1 AM over there. So kudos to him. He's one of our new members. Ken W welcome in and TL uh, as well. So thank you guys for thank you guys. Uh, joining the channel. Appreciate it very much. Uh, by the way, props. Matt Cor uh, shit. I got uh, shit, man. I was gonna. 
I was going to hold that back for the bargain bin special of the night. Then I let it slip. Matt Coronado plus 410. That's actually going to be my bargain bin special of the night. To be uh, fair, it, that'll be like an, an hour and a half. So you'll probably have to remind everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. My, my, my plan with the show is when I'm mentioning props and goal score props, save the bargain bin one in particular till that okay. segment. But right. I let it slip. Okay. There it is. Matt Coronado is, is my uh, bargain bin special. He had three shots on goal against Winnipeg. He got time on the power play, the number one unit. He's playing on the second line. He had a bunch of opportunities. Puck just didn't go in for him uh, against uh, Winnipeg. So I definitely like that price. Again, this is a guy with a great finish ability to finish. Uh, around the net. So definitely a good uh, price there uh, for him. Look, Sidney Crosby until further notice. I mean, you know, he's had a great start to the season. Uh, any props for him? Shots, goal prop. He scored, of course, in each of the first two games against Chicago and Washington. I would absolutely not uh, talk anyone out of taking Sidney Crosby props right now. Uh, Ricard Raquel as well has been shooting the puck pretty good. So his shot prop might be uh, worth a look as well. Uh, here in this game, uh, in my opinion, for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. But, yeah, definitely some really, really good uh, opportunities here as far as uh, props in a game that we think we should see some offense in uh, from both sides. And for Alex and I, hopefully a little bit more offense from the Calgary side. All right, Nashville and Boston. Uh, we've got the uh, Boston Bruins, minus 185, home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. This is my game on the card where I have nothing. And it's, it's hard to believe because – this is someone that's extreme high volume when it comes to his betting style th that I am. And often we'll find something that he likes uh, in one particular game. But this one I don't, other than maybe you go back to the well with in Nashville's case with um, Thomas Novak point. Forsberg overshots on goal, I could see that. Uh, that's been obviously a really good prop in the first couple games of the season. So I guess, I could, I guess there are a couple things I like, but nothing I love uh, about this game. The one thing about the shots on goal props, though, uh, and coming back to the well with Forsberg, and it's hard not to. He's had 11 in the first two games as far as shots on goal are concerned. 11 shots on goal, and keep in mind with him, uh, he's facing now a Boston team that at least historically has done a better job suppressing shots on goal, you know, and shots on goal against usually when you play Boston or lower. So that would be probably the one concern here, but going back to the well, but still, I mean, the guy's averaging 5.5 shots on goal uh, per game here through the first uh, two games in this uh, uh, of the season. Boston uh, got off to a uh, good start, solid start. Uh, took advantage of Chicago on a back-to-back, -back, but uh, got the job done against the uh, Blackhawks in that game. You know, Boston got off to that red-hot start last year where we thought, you know, maybe they're a bit down this year. And sure enough, they have this outstanding uh, regular season start. Are they going to duplicate that this year? We'll see. Like I say, with Boston games, especially when it comes to betting money lines, betting the side, I'm just staying back, observing the way this team plays, how they continue to evolve and how they continue to look without Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci with now Zaka and Coyle, their top two centers. So definitely when I look at it here, uh, this is definitely a game I'm just passing on. Um, at this price, it's Nashville or pass, but I'm not – I'm not bullish enough on Nashville to take them in Boston. I'm just not. What do you think here, Alex? Predators, Bruin. So I'm not betting this game, but I have something literally written down in my phone just as a circle. Bruins puck line. Bruins should cover the puck line in this game. And, and I would be really disappointed. They would, it would actually kind of maybe change a little bit of my ratings if they don't cover this game. Uh, this is a, a, a big step-up spot against a team that is much weaker in class 
honestly, offensively, they're right there with Chicago. So this is basically Chicago with with better goaltending. If you look at it from from the just the aspect of what Boston's seen so far, and this is a Predators team, like I said, with that offense. Okay, they got what three goals, but it was against uh, you know Jonas Johansson. They got three goals and took advantage of a, a Seattle team that just completely sleepwalked for 45 minutes. Uh, you know, the rest of the way down the stretch. So I don't know if this is a Nashville team that you know can you know plus 155 in this spot, maybe you know in the middle of the season. But uh, or early Boston team that knows they didn't play their best hockey right away and knows that they have a weaker opponent. I think we see them really ramp up the intensity. I'll be looking for a first period over live uh, with this game. So that'll be something I'll have for the family plan members in the community tab. Uh, but I'm staying away from this as far as the side goes. All right, Alex, staying away from this as far as the side goes. Yeah. But David Poster, you know what's funny about uh, Raymond Reddington mentioning in our chat, David Posternock anytime goal. Look, he's been, he would got two goals, obviously, against Chicago uh, in Boston's first game. I think he knows he's even got more onus on him offensively this year uh, with the uh, changes going on at the center ice position. Now, I know they still have Marshawn uh, there as well. And you've got uh, James Van Riemsdyk there now. Uh, Pavel Zaka, but uh, Jake DeBrusque, but you've got more, uh, there's more on the shoulders of David Posternock, I think offensively. And I think he knows it. So I don't, I think he's good when he has the puck on his stick, he's going to be looking to shoot. You know, he's going to have a shoot first mentality. There's no question. He scored the two goals against Chicago. His, you know, it's funny against Chicago, I guess because Chicago is supposed to be one of the worst teams this year. David Posternock's goal prop was minus 140 to minus 150 in that game it's back down to like plus 100 minus 110 here in this game tonight so it's actually a better price tonight uh for david Posternock to find the back of the net compared to what it was uh, against uh, chicago so you actually get better value there uh, with uh, that particular uh, player prop uh shout out to luke 322 uh in the uh, chat for uh, oh my gosh a dono that's right. It reminds me of Pub Sports Radio. And I'm doing shows on there. We got uh, some of the viewers and listeners just throwing out a small donation, uh, a little uh, show of uh, thanks and gratitude for uh, having this show every single day yeah, and talking you, every single NHL game throughout the season. So, Luke, we appreciate it. Thank you for the 199 dono. Appreciate it. Yeah, cheers to another year indeed uh, for yeah. the uh, Ice Guys. And uh, we're going to do our damnedest to make it a profitable uh, season. How certainly helps us. Uh, uh, when you have nights like uh, cashing in Arizona at plus two hundred five last night, but yeah, that's what we're that's what we're here to do. We're here to hopefully not only win for us, win for you guys as well. Uh, and I mean, yes, yeah, information throughout the year. Let's look back at what we've already done this week. You hit Ryan Donato at plus five hundred. We had Jimmy come on. He gives us a, a play at fifteen to one. I hit a couple of live wagers at at big plus prices. So. You know, I've already heard some people, seen some people in chat say that they've, they've paid for their family plan or, or their Patreon subscription by just some of the plays we've given out this week. So we want to keep that rolling. And, you know, thank you guys for your support. So. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. And especially there, Luke, we appreciate the dono uh, and, uh, and the donation. Glad you're enjoying the show. And like I say, we're the only ones out here on a Saturday doing a live NHL show and a Sunday for yeah. that matter. Uh, we're the only ones that work on the weekends, apparently, in the uh, NHL betting <laughs> sphere as far as content is concerned. All right, we got uh, Rangers and Blue Jackets. Uh, New York Rangers minus 220 uh, road favorites here, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. Jackets, 
I like them against Philadelphia, but they fell short. And more importantly, they lose Zach Wierenski to injury. Just so unfortunate. Uh, this is someone that had finally gotten healthy, ready for the year. Uh, he got off, you know, to a slow start last year and then had the separated shoulder and the torn labrum injury. And then sure enough, Garnett Hathaway, a kneeing, uh, knee-on-knee collision there with Wierenski. Uh, and he has to get helped off the ice. And now they say quadricep injury uh, for him. Uh, and it's, um, it's it's concerning. And uh, like I say, it, it's up in the air how long it's going to be as far as his absence. But uh, definitely it looks like he will be uh, out on IR and out for not only tonight, but at least a little bit of time uh, moving forward. Uh, we do have goalie confirmations already, by the way, for this game. Uh, Igor Shesterkin and Elvis uh, Merzlikens confirmed in net. Not a really big surprise there. I should point out Hart and Forsberg are the goalies in the Philly-Ottawa game. UC Soros, Jeremy Swayman gets the uh, start tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins. And I think Jim Montgomery is going to do a lot more goalie back and forth this year between Allmark and Swayman. I think you're going to see a lot more evening out as far as the number of starts for their two goalies are concerned. And you're already seeing a sign of that with game number two. It's not a back-to-back for Boston. And here is uh, Jeremy Swayman uh, in net for them uh, here tonight. As far as this game goes, um, this one's a tricky one, too. I don't have anything overly strong uh, other than as far as uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, I'm tempted by their team total. I don't know about win the game, but I, whenever I see two and a half and I see a team that's off a disappointing setback at home, the problem is can they score against the Rangers? We did see the Rangers take care of Buffalo. We think are a pretty damn good offensive team this year. Beat them 5-1. Shesterkin was his normal strong self. So I am concerned about whether Columbus can find the back of the net enough. I like Lion A again, though, uh, as far as props go. Lion A scored uh, against Philadelphia very late in that game. He had five shots on goal. Uh, he is someone that apparently, looked, from what I've read, from what I saw, the, the brief moments I saw Columbus in preseason, he looked like he was had his head on straight, focused, making an impact offensively. Patrick Lyonne could be someone to ride with here as far as player props are early in the season uh, for this uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team. Adam Fantilli got his first NHL point despite the loss against Philadelphia uh, in that game. And that's something we're finding out with these young prospects. You want to maybe look toward the goal prop and really cash in with that. But the point prop for Fantilli, once again, is plus 132 right now at FanDuel. So that's a really good price. I think the Fantilli point prop might be worth coming back to here in this game at plus 132 uh, as well. Uh, On the uh, New York Rangers side, look, I said that Kako and Lafreniere have to be huge, have to be big for this team uh, in order for them to be as good as they possibly can be. And when you look at what they got out of uh, Lafreniere, he got them going uh, against Buffalo uh, on Thursday night uh, with that opening goal uh, to start the game. Three shots on goal, uh, plus two as far as a plus minus rating, 15 minutes, 29 seconds on ice. That was as good as I've seen Lafreniere play in a game in a long time. And maybe, and it's the first game of this new season, a season where the kid's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders now because people know this is a season where he's got to start to live up to that billing of that first overall pick years ago. And Lafreniere, if you took him, was like plus 490 for him to score the other night against Buffalo. So you might be seeing someone with some value right now. If if that Buffalo game is a sign that that's a Lafreniere we might see more consistently this year. He's plus 370 to score tonight. Just saying, it might be worth a small couple of bucks on that. 
Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Rangers, Blue Jackets. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games I'm definitely looking for something live. More likely the over. I want to get five and a half at plus money. I think I'd be able to get that. Uh, I don't see the Rangers just completely jumping out here in this game. Like I said, I think they're just still trying to find their footing as well. Columbus is certainly not a team that can keep much pace with them uh, as evidenced just by the history. Uh, you know, six of the last eight games, uh, the Rangers have, have won against the Columbus. And I just don't know if this is one of those, you know, spots where the Rangers lay an egg. We've seen the Rangers lay an egg on Saturdays as favorites in the last couple of years. I think that's something that we tend to see maybe later on in the season. I think for now, Rangers should get the win. But it may not be something where it's just a big 7-4 blowout. We see goals right away. I think we'll have time to grab some value with that over. So I'm going to wait for a five and a half at plus money. That's one that I'll have circled uh, for sure. I'm just kind of giving that one out to everybody. But that will definitely be detailed uh, with my estimated time runoffs and different things. That's something I'll be in the family plan uh, in the community tab. I think I'm with you, too. I think I'm with you too. I could see the Rangers slough, sloughing off. That's the term. Yeah. Sloughing off a little bit on defense tonight and putting more, on, you know, Shesterkin might, is probably going to fade. I would say Shesterkin is going to be maybe even busier tonight. Columbus is going to want to not lose two in a row at home. So I expect a good effort from them. So I'm with you there, but I don't love six and a half because the Rangers can play so many games that three, two, four, two final score. I'm kind of with you where if I wait for that five and a half to pop up in a live in game yeah. situation. Why didn't Laviolette give Jonathan Quick the revenge start here against his old team, Columbus? <laughs> I know. That would have been the funniest like like headline ever, Jonathan Quick revenge game against Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. That would have been hilarious. And, you know, yeah. someone I'm sure definitely would have uh, made a, a point of it there to uh, mention that. Yeah, Jonathan Quick revenge for what? He was there for like two, 10 seconds and <laughs> that's about it. Well, wasn't that the running joke that when he got moved to Vegas that Columbus showed like something like briefly that was like, thank you for your service Jonathan Quick, but they just didn't show any actual video. It was just literally the, the screen, the title screen, and then it went away. Like, and the it was, logo and the jackets yeah. logo. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for your I think that was pretty That was pretty good of them to just kind of have fun with, you know? Yeah, that was. That's so. good. <laughs> One of the weirdest uh, – you talk about a guy that had a very weird season, Jonathan Quick. Yeah. He thinks he's going to end his career in L.A. where he had been for over a decade. <laughs> he suddenly gets traded and of all teams to Columbus who are not even going to the playoffs. And then sure enough, right after that, he's – dealt to Vegas and didn't really yeah. play much there and was an afterthought yeah. in their goaltending in the playoffs. Like they turned to, they fucking went to Brossois and then to Aiden Hill in net before they went to Jonathan. And Quick. The guy got to hold the, the cup for a third time though. So he did. He did. Exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. He was part of it. Yeah. He's, he's going to see Stanley cup champion for the third time, you know, on his resume at the end of the day, uh, or even though it was a bit part in it, uh, Minnesota and Toronto, we've got the uh, Leafs minus 170 home favorites, six and a half, the uh, total here in this game. Uh, thanks to Minnesota for the winner for both Alex and I on the, the other night against Florida, they take care of business. there, a two, nothing shutout victory uh, in that game over the Florida Panthers. But now this will be tougher. You know, you're playing a, obviously what we know is a very capable, very good, a Toronto Maple Leafs team coming off a game where I don't think they were thrilled with their performance. In fact, I not think I know they weren't thrilled with their performance. I know Sheldon Keefe wasn't thrilled with their performance against Toronto against Montreal, a slow start in that game. They fell behind two nothing, almost three nothing. If not for that goal that was called back uh, due to uh, offside uh, that would have made it three nothing for the Canadians. And then sure enough, they get a goal Toronto minutes later to make it two to one. And really from that time, Toronto was starting to take control back. But then Montreal, power play ties the game, goes ahead, 
And then it's Austin Matthews heroics, uh, basically uh, down the stretch, uh, end up tying the uh, game 5-5, and the Leafs end up eventually getting the wild 6-5 shootout win uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, in that uh, season opener. They are going to want to play better. I know, like the whole team said, we've got a better game in us than that. It wouldn't surprise me to see that from them here. As far as uh, Minnesota, you know, they did get badly outshot 41-21. Now, again, I thought they played a pretty steady, conservative defensive game. They kind of sat back with the lead and protected the fortress, if you will, uh, and helped out Gustafson. Gustafson was very solid uh, in that game. It's definitely going to be a little bit tougher here against Toronto. Toronto, by the way, is 5-1 and one the last six uh, meetings here against uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild. I thought, like I say, Matthews was absolutely terrific. Uh, in that game, by far the best forward uh, on the ice for the Leafs against the uh, Montreal Canadiens that night. You know, I actually thought their blue line played um, up and down. There were some good moments, some bad moments. TJ Brody falling down on the first Montreal goal wasn't a good moment. But John Klingberg, who had a lot of question marks coming into this season, 31 years old, not great in his own end, but can be a difference maker as far as moving the puck offensively for Toronto from the back end. And he has two assists. Uh, in the win for Toronto against Montreal. So I like what I saw from him uh, on the uh, blue line here. What I'm going to do here for this game is I'm going to go with a split bet on the Leafs here in regulation, minus 108 and minus one, minus 110, which is a full game puck line. But I got the minus one instead of the minus one and a half. Because the one thing about Minnesota, a lot of teams beat them, but a lot of teams only beat them by one goal. So, you know, it's just one of the, they just keep games pretty tight. You know, they keep teams within reach, but a lot of times they're going to fall short. And look, they're going to be tested a lot more for as much as they shut out Florida and as much as Gustafson was good in that game, stopping all 41 shots. It's a different level of firepower that Toronto's got now, especially when you factor in that so much of the Florida offense is driven from the back end by the likes of Ekblad and Montour, who, of course, are injured for the uh, Florida Panthers to start the season. So I'm going to go with a couple of smaller bets here, split bets, half on the well, uh, Toronto in regulation, minus 108, and then another half on Toronto, minus one, uh, minus 110. I was yeah. thinking team total Toronto, but I could see 3-1 Toronto tonight too in this game because it's just I mean, Minnesota clogs it up. That's the way they're going to want to play. It's the way they're going to have to play uh, in this game. Takeaways that neutral zone from Toronto, that speed through it, and make it difficult for them to get into the offensive zone. So that's why I prefer that with, if you like Toronto, go with the puck line minus one and the, and the regulation line, because this could be a game where they don't get to four goals, Toronto for the team total, but they could still win the game by a goal or two and like a three, one final score, especially I know Toronto is going to want to clean things up defensively a little bit tonight is definitely something that I could see as a plausible uh, final score outcome. Uh, what do you think here, Alex wild Leafs? I say it every year. We all want all these grandiose and different things in our lives, but we usually don't get them. And I don't think we're going to see that kind of defense that you're talking about, especially from Minnesota. If they get behind, which they more than likely will against this Toronto offense, they're going to have to press. You can't just sit around like they did against Florida, uh, a Florida team that just had no offensive punch whatsoever and, and rest. Plus, they never trailed in the game. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and and but you could but if if you look at that game, uh, Wild in Florida. Like I said, we talked about, you know, Gustafson played great. The defense was solid, but their offensive chances weren't that great either. The shot, I wasn't so impressed with the shot quality of, of Minnesota or Florida in that contest. So they're going to have to, I think, work more on offense. They know that they can't afford to get behind. So I think they're going to be pressing early to try to get a lead on Toronto 
And we know how Toronto, they're susceptible to giving up those first period leads. We've seen them, you know, be down 2-1 early in the game, and then they come back and win the thing 7-4. to So, uh, you know, being down the first 20 minutes isn't a big thing. I would probably lean toward grabbing wild first period money line. And I definitely will be looking at grabbing a first period over. If you can get 130 at FanDuel, I would suggest that. Otherwise, I would say wait and uh, bet that live. That's what I'll be doing. I'm, I'm hoping to grab plus money with that uh, over one and a half. So those will be my two looks for this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, like I say, it's a different type of challenge for the Minnesota team defensively tonight uh, against the uh, Leafs. Uh, quickly on uh, props uh, here in this uh, game for the uh, Wild and the Leafs. There's not a ton I'm looking at here uh, necessarily. Um, although Nylander's always of interest because of the fact that, again, he's playing for a contract. He didn't score the other night. And sometimes when you see this with the Leafs, Matthews has a big night. A lot, a lot of times the next game, maybe he's a little more quiet and another one of the big guns step up for the uh, Leafs. I could see that maybe being Nylander tonight. And he did have a goal and assist and two points against the uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens and five shots on goal. So I still say William Nylander props. If you bet Nylander, goal prop, assist prop, and especially shots on goal prop throughout the season, game to game, I think you'll be profitable. I think you're going to win a bunch of them because I think this is definitely going to be a guy that's certainly, certainly got the motivation factor to have a massive season, given the fact that he's got a contract up at the end of the season. And he's looking for that big payday. All right, Chicago and Montreal. We've got uh, Montreal minus 145, home favorite, six and a half the total. This is Connor Bedard's hockey night in Canada debut and I know they've been talking about that a lot on television here the last uh, 24 to 48 hours this will probably be the first of many times that you'll see uh, Connor Bedard even though he's playing for a U.S. market you know Hockey Night in Canada will try to get Chicago playing a Canadian team often on a Saturday night so that they can show him on Hockey Night in Canada so uh, we'll see how it goes obviously for Chicago the big question going into this game is how does that new look top line without Taylor Hall look and it's going to be another Taylor, as in Taylor Radish, getting the opportunity on the top line for Chicago tonight. Looks like Radish, Bedard, and Ryan Donato will be uh, slotted as the uh, top line for Chicago by Luke Richardson uh, for this game tonight. Tyler Johnson, Lucas Reichel, Andreas Athanasiu uh, on the second line. Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, Corey Perry, third line. Boris Kachuk, Cole Gutman, Reese Johnson on the fourth line. Uh, blue line pretty much stays intact, and I would expect Peter Morozik uh, to be uh, in net here tonight for the uh, Blackhawks. He is, and it is Sam Montembeau uh, getting the uh, start here tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, and he is the better goalie than Jake Allen. I'm a very, I'm, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out why Marty Saint Louis put Jake Allen in uh, as the starting goalie against Toronto when I clearly think Sam Montembeau is their better option uh, here right now. So. Uh, this is a good prop game because I do like the over a little bit in this game. Nothing on the side for me, uh, but I do like uh, over. I actually got over six at a, a, a late little juice, minus 128 at Pinnacle for over six uh, as opposed to six and a half. But if you want the if you don't want to lay minus 128, then uh, feel free to take uh, over six and a half here, uh, which is around minus 105 to plus 100, uh, depending on uh, which book you look at. But look, with Connor Bedard, uh, it would. I, I knew early in the season this kid was capable of lighting up the shots on goal. He's done that five and six with shots on goal. And now with Taylor Hall not playing, you know, he might even be more empowered to shoot the puck more, believe it or not, for uh, Connor Bedard moving forward. Yeah. Now, the adjustment, now we saw two and a half, which right away I pounced on that for the 
first game of the season against Pittsburgh. I'm like, they can't be putting Bedard at two and a half shots on goal. Well, now we've gone from over two and a half and it opened like at even money His over two and a half shots against Pittsburgh. It went to two and a half with juice, some three and a halfs against Boston. And now tonight, Connor Bedard over shots on goal is over three and a half minus 150 at DraftKings. So it's now three and a half with juice. I would still maybe look over it because he's gotten five at minimum five shots in each of the first two games. Montreal will give up shots on goal. Uh, that is definitely something worth mentioning as well. So uh, definitely you can consider that. I mean, and because now with Hall out, more onus on him maybe to shoot the puck more. The goal prop is plus 160. Uh, the point prop is already, that ship has sailed, guys. The Connor Bedard point prop at the first game, I think, was even money. Second game was around minus 120 to minus 130. Bedard's point prop tonight, minus 165 to minus 175. So there you go. You're already seeing it. You know, the adjustment is being made. So it was nice for two games that we'd be able to bet Connor Bedard to get a point at a reasonable price below minus 150. But that is no longer the case, just like that. Uh, as for Montreal, look, uh, offense isn't going to be their problem. They are going to be able to score some goals this season. Uh, Cole Caulfield really could add more than just the one goal the other night. Remember, he had a goal taken away because of an offside challenge. Uh, Suzuki, Josh Anderson, that's a good top line. Alex Newhook, man, keep an eye on him. He might be someone I might uh, go with for props because he is a very skilled player, very talented. Colorado liked him, but it was a, he was a victim of the numbers game there. They're loaded at forward. It couldn't keep everybody. He did have that period where he struggled a, a little bit for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and that's when they decided, hey, we'll deal him away. Uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. And sure enough, Alex Newhook in his first game here for uh, Montreal was very, very impressive all, uh, against Toronto. One goal uh, in that game. Uh, it was noticeable. Uh, you could consider him as far as a prop goes tonight. Plus 575 is out there at Caesars uh, for Alex Newhook uh, to find the uh, back of the net in this game. Cole Caulfield, any game to take him to score a goal is worth it. He is that good. He, I think, will get 40 goals this year because I bet him at a plus price at FanDuel to get 40 goals. And, of course, that big 66-1 to 1 price, long shot uh, price that I took for him to be the Rocket Richard winner uh, this year as well for Montreal. So any Caulfield props, probably worth a look. As far as Chicago looks, just worry about Bedard and maybe Donato and the, that top line because, to be quite honest with you, that Boston game, wasn't seeing a whole lot of offense generated from line two, line three, and line four uh, in that game. So a lot is going to fall on the Bedard line uh, playing tonight with Radish and Donato. So we'll see how it goes that first game without Taylor Hall. I'm going to go over six. And like I said, the props I met over six minus 128. And then props I mentioned as well. Caulfield, new hook. Maybe look at Bedard over shot still. It's three and a half minus 150. But that still feels a little light considering what we've seen. Five and six. Shot on goals for uh, shots on goal for Bedard in the first two games. Uh, Alex, Chicago, Montreal. Yeah, I like the Hawks here in this spot. Uh, plus one twenty-five. I've even seen, like I said, now growing up to plus one thirty. I, I don't think Montreal uh, deserves to be this big of a favorite, and I think the Hawks are, are like I said, they're a pesky bunch. And I want to see how they respond without Taylor Hall. This is their first bit of adversity. You know, coming off of the loss and then losing him as well. Let's see how this team responds. Like I said, let's see how Connor Bedard can respond now to a, a shift in the lineup. Let's see how Ryan Donato and Taylor Radish can work well together now with, with Bedard. Let's see the, you know, that next man up mentality needs to be there. The, and these are the things that need to be worked on this season, right? We're not talking about wins 
galore for the Hawks. We're not talking about playoffs, but these are those moments that this young team needs to seize. This is what Luke Richardson is trying to instill that winning culture into the team, finding ways to win. I'm sure he's going to be a little bit juiced up going against the team that he coached previously. Uh, You mentioned with Bedard, the Hockey Night in Canada debut. There's going to be a lot of talk and hype around that as well. And I'll kind of maybe be, maybe this will be the final transition kind of out of the the honeymoon phase for Bedard. You know, we had the the opener against Crosby. Then you had the next night national TV game against the, you know, defending uh, regular season champions in, in Boston. And now here you are, you know, in Canada, Hockey Night Canada against the original six team. This, the fanfare will kind of, you know, die down. The next big thing he has will be getting back to home for the official home opener. And then it can just be about playing hockey. There's no extra central things going on with him. But I want to see this team step up and deliver on the road once again. And uh, I know this has been a, a bit of a, of a trek already to start the year, but they should be still be fresh. Uh, Peter Mraz again to start net. Let's go Hawks plus 125. All right. Chicago plus 125. I certainly wouldn't be laying it with Montreal. I saw enough glaring issues at times defensively from them uh, against Toronto that I don't trust them in this price range. I, I, like I've said all year, the, when, when do when will I be betting Montreal this year when they're a bigger sized underdog? That's when, because that's when they're going to have that opportunity to beat teams. I think when they're favored, they're way too flighty. For me to be betting them laying almost 150 no no thanks not with this group there's too many holes on the defense still for them as far as i'm concerned montembeau is better than allen but he's he's also at times not good enough to totally steal a game uh at times he's better than allen but you know they, they're gonna have to tighten up because if they play like they did against toronto tonight chicago might beat them there's no doubt about that so we'll see if the uh canadians have a better defensive game in them because that's the one thing about chicago you mentioned it i've noticed this the work ethic's been supreme for chicago these first two games you know and they've actually dug in and been a little bit better defensively than i thought where which i thought would be a big issue for them and you got to credit luke richardson for that you know luke richardson has this team working their uh, tail off here in the first two games of the year we'll see if they can uh, deliver that kind of effort once again tonight uh, in Montreal on a hockey night in Canada uh, spectacle. All right, Tampa Bay, Detroit. We've got the uh, Lightning minus 125 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay with the uh, first game of the season, they beat Nashville uh, by a score of five to three, but it's a team transitioning to that new defensive scheme that's all the rage now, the Vegas way of doing things. Uh, the boxing one, the zone defense, where we will flood to the track back to the front of the net, protect the goalie when the point goes, when the puck goes to the point. That's the way Tampa's trying to play. Uh, from what I saw against Nashville, it's going to take some adjusting for uh, Tampa Bay because Nashville is not a juggernaut offense this year. And they gave up three goals and a lot of quality looks to the Nashville Predators in that game. A Nashville team that, even though they beat Seattle their next game, they only scored two goals. One of them was in the empty net. So, you know, that's. You know, that kind of concerning here for uh, Tampa Bay. That might take them some time. We got to see more from Jonas Johansson, of course. Uh, he faced uh, 31 shots, gave up three goals to Nashville. I thought the goal that was scored by Tommy Novak in that game was from that tough angle. Uh, I definitely think that was a, a, a puck he maybe should have stopped. Uh, Detroit, you know, really good effort from them in their first game, albeit falling short uh, against the uh, New Jersey Devils, 4-3. No shame in that with how great the Devils are. Actually outshot New Jersey 35-26 to uh, in that game. So it was a really good effort on the road, despite the not getting the result that they desired uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings in that game. We do have both goalies confirmed. It is, again, Jonas Johansson for Tampa Bay. 
Billy Huso for Detroit. And keep in mind, it's going to be Jonas Johansson for a long time. I think they're only going to put Matt Tompkins in on back-to-back situations. It's going to be Johansson for the majority of these next two months until they get Andre Vasilevsky back in net from the uh, surgery that he just underwent. So this is going to be interesting to gauge this Tampa team. You know, can they win? Can they keep their heads above water? And can Johansson be good enough? And I think Tampa Bay kind of knows they've got to score more goals early on uh, here this season. And they did so against uh, Nashville. You know, five goals against Soros. I actually thought that was pretty impressive. And it was a night where they had Nick Paul playing awesome. Kucherov uh, showed up for them. Brandon Hagel was excellent. You know, and even then, in the win against Nashville, it was a pretty quiet night from Stamkos. Only two shots on goal. He did have an assist on one of the goals. Uh, but definitely had some issues as far as um, getting those great A quality chances. One thing about Tampa is they're going to get more chances, I think, here tonight against Detroit. I'm not a big fan of this Detroit defense. I've said that coming into the season. You look at that blue line, and Alex, we definitely talked about this in the season preview. You know, other than Mo Sider, I've got questions about everybody else. Wallman, Sherratt's pretty solid, but, you know, sometimes he takes penalties, can get caught out of position. And Petrie and Gostaspare, man. That's not shut down defense, either of those two guys. So that, there's some concerns there about the depth and the ability to shut you down one through six. They don't have what Vegas has. They don't have what LA, you know some of these other good teams in the league have, Colorado, these teams that can shut you down because they're just so strong one through six. Detroit is not that this year. I do like them up front. They have some offense this year. Debrinkit scores in his first game with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Larkin, Raymond, that's a good line. JT Straight out of comfort, crazy motherfucker named JT here from Colorado now with Sprong, who got a goal the other night. And he's a capable uh, depth forward that can chip in offensively. Um, you know, Clem Costin, Joe Valeno, Andrew Kopp. You know, they've got, you know, the forward group I like here. Unfortunately for Detroit, this is sick now at this point. Uh, it's really unbelievable. Robbie Fabry, right? We've talked about this guy for a long time. Really talented player, really skilled, cannot stay healthy finally healthy to start the season and already suffers an injury the other night against uh, New Jersey. Uh, and now he's uh it's not serious. According to Derek Lalonde, it's not a long-term injury, uh, but he won't play tonight uh, against Tampa Bay. Um, and he did score by the way, that third goal for Detroit uh, in that loss to New Jersey, just unfortunate. It's snake bit this guy, as far as being able to stay healthy. It's just, you hate to see this because you want guys to be able to be able to not have the game taken away from them this much by injury. You know, and we have seen that now for Robbie Fabry countless times. It's definitely unfortunate. There are three bets I've got in this game, Alex, for sides and totals. I'm on Detroit a little bit, plus 105, plus 110. I'm on Detroit team total, uh, over three and a half at a really good price, plus 132 at Pinnacle for that Detroit Red Wings team total, uh, over three and a half, a really nice plus price. And the other bet is the over for the full game. Tampa Bay, Detroit, over six and a half, minus 120. We have a Detroit team that went over the total in their first game. We have a Tampa Bay team that went over the total in their first game. We have teams in this game, both sides, that I have questions about their ability to keep the puck out of the net right now. So there you go. Detroit money line split with the team total over three and a half, plus 130. And also Tampa Bay, Detroit, over six and a half, minus 120. Alex Lightning, Redwood. Well, I have four plays now <laughs> that I like for this game because I'm right there with you on Detroit. I'm right there with you on the over. Uh, I didn't realize that the plus total plus price was uh, was that on the team total, but I also like the split bets 
keep in mind if you go to you know DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, a lot of the, the domestic books, they have these split parlays for you. I like Red Wings and over five and a half parlay plus two hundred uh, with that. So I'm gonna just add. I grabbed that and and I, like I said, I just added the team total for Detroit as well. Like you mentioned, Jonas Johansson to run him and, and not be able to. You know, it's one thing if you have a top tier goalie and you're running two backups, two you know below average goaltenders. That's the time you'd really want to look for a 1A, 1B situation. But they don't trust in Tompkins to the point of, of doing that. So they got to run Johansson, who has more of the NHL experience, albeit not so great NHL experience. Uh, and, and like I said, only play him for, for back-to-back. So we might just see not only just him just be inconsistent and, and, and play his regular below-average style, he could also just get fatigued and look even worse. And then now you're talking about you're putting in a cold Tompkins after Johansson's given up four goals on 10 shots. It can be haywire. So uh, overs with Tampa Bay, something we'll be circling a lot. And certainly those team totals against Tampa Bay, uh, definitely something to take notice with too. So I'm on all that. Detroit over, Detroit and over, and Detroit team total over for tonight. And keep in mind too, and this is something really to, to point out here. I mean, at the end of last season, Tampa Bay, you know, skunked Detroit five nothing, uh, and uh, but really outside of that, you know, this has been a Detroit team that's often been a thorn in Tampa Bay's side. You know, Detroit has been that one team that's given Tampa Bay some fits here. You look at um, three of the last five meetings, Detroit has won here against uh, Tampa Bay, uh, and every game in Detroit too has been close. You look at the recent meetings in Detroit it was a seven six overtime win for Tampa. 2-1 overtime win in Tampa in Detroit, 7-4 for Detroit last December when these teams played here in Detroit. Detroit's really been a tough out for Tampa Bay for the most part here in recent meetings as well. So and this is probably the most vulnerable Tampa Bay team we've seen in a while with no Vasilevsky, with defensive questions. Now, they're good enough to outscore their problems. That would be the concern about Detroit winning this game. And Detroit is not a defensive stalwart, as I've said. But that's also why I've split it up, right? I don't have all the stake on the money line with Detroit. So it's not all about worrying about them winning the game. They can win for me by getting four goals, team total cashes. I also like the full game over. And obviously both teams can come through for me there. So there's not, there's probably less exposure for me on the Detroit money line compared to the team total for Detroit, which are bigger bets, by the way, for me. Red Wings team total on the full game over, bigger bets for me than the Detroit money line uh, for this game. Uh, that's the way I approached it and uh, sp- divvied up the bankroll based on my concern still for that Detroit team and respect for Tampa Bay scoring five goals, you know, against Nashville. And they are still a very capable offensive team. All right. Buffalo Sabres and the New York Islanders, who at times are not so capable, an offensive team. Uh, Islanders minus 145 home favorites, uh, six and a half the uh, total uh, here in this game. I'm back to Buffalo, man. Uh, I can't resist this price at plus 125. I'm hoping that going on the road settles the young group down, um, gets that, you know, it was a weird night. You know, first of all, and I didn't realize this till it was right before puck drop. And I heard Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray talking about it on the Buffalo broadcast. They didn't really play a lot of Thompson and Skinner and Tuck and all their big guns a lot in the preseason. And it kind of looked like it at times against the uh, Rangers, a little sloppy out of position. The passes weren't clicking on the offensive end of the ice. The puck wasn't settling down. People, you know, you saw one chance that uh, even Tage Thompson had blasted the puck wide. He was right in front of the net. He shot the puck wide. Like just the timing was off for Buffalo in that game. 
Maybe getting on the road's a good thing. It's just to me, the Islanders minus 145 with their pop gun offense. I'm, it's just not something I'm all that interested in. Uh, trust in the Islanders here uh, right now. We'll see. Uh, Sorokin is obviously a, a goalie we respect and a goalie we have to be concerned about here on the Buffalo side because he, when he's on his game, he can be tough to beat. But I think when you look at it here, um, it's still definitely going to be a team that's going to be relying on Nelson and Barzell and Horvat, you know, and, and Lee, those are going to have to be the guys that get it done because after that, there's a precipitous drop off in the forward group for this uh, New York Islanders team. So that would concern me here uh, with them. Will they have enough offense? It's actually probably going to be an easier matchup for the Sabres on the defensive end of the ice compared to the Rangers game uh, the other night. So for me, Buffalo plus 125, I'm not going, I'm not as bullish on it. I was disappointed by Buffalo in that Rangers game. Uh, this isn't one of my bigger plays on the card today, but I am going to take Buffalo here, plus 125. It should be Le Levi back in net. That hasn't been confirmed. Just Sorokin, the only goalie confirmed as of now for this game. Uh, Alex Sabres Islanders. Yeah, I'm staying far away from this game because, like I said, John Massey made this point in the chat. Seeing an Islanders game with a total of six and a half, it makes sense because in the second half of last year when they were, you know, basically playing their way out of the postseason race, they gave up goals. So it's not so much predicated on, oh, New York's all of a sudden turned them into an offensive team. And then you know, on the flip side, you look at, we, you know, with Levi, he's still a rookie, you know, a little shaky in that first star, a little shaky in a couple of stars in the preseason. I worry about him if he gives up goals early. So I think this is a game, if you're betting this game at any point, I would probably say wait and try to grab something, whatever side you like or position you like live, because I this is something I want to just get a view of how Levi performs after having a bad start, uh, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a regular season game. And how this Islander team, you know, will they try to press him knowing he's a young goalie? Will they play a little bit uncharacteristically, you know, a higher tempo, try to press the action a little more early, and which they have to be careful doing that because we know the offensive talent Buffalo has coming back on them. So uh, I would definitely wait and see for this game. I, I won't have anything on this because it's such a big a big night. But if you are looking at this game, this is definitely one I'd probably want to observe before making any kind of a wager. Uh, yeah, for props for me, but I actually would, would don't mind Barzell and Horvat because I think they know they have to be big. They have to play well. They have to play, and they have to play better than they did last year. Nelson's reliable. I'll say that he was the guy of any player prop uh, or any player on the Islanders. As far as player props go, Brock Nelson was always that guy that would deliver. Now his point props minus one sixty five. I don't love the price, but he was he was on a run there for a long period of time where he was on, went almost twenty straight games with a point for the uh, New York Islanders last year. For Buffalo, it's Thompson and Cousins. If you're going to take anyone, it's those two guys. I trust the best player on on the team up front, Thompson after a game where he was kind of lackluster by his standards and cousins is what because cousins works hard every night. And I was even impressed with Benson, you know, for a night that wasn't great for Buffalo, Zach Benson, I thought he was noticeable. He had some chances. And this is a guy that made the uh, team straight out of training camp at 19 years old and he and 18 years old, actually. So he deserved it. Uh, and uh, we'll see if he continues how long he stays up here with Buffalo. Cause that's the question with all these guys out of junior that make the right. team out of training camp is they may only stay up for the 10, 15 game allotment before they're mandated to send back down or else it's going to count. It's going to burn their entry level year, uh, if you will. So uh, that's something to keep in mind for some of these young players. All right, Seattle and St. Louis. Uh, we've got the uh, Seattle Kraken minus 115 road favorite, six and a half the total. 
I don't know if I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about Seattle again, believe it or not, but I don't know. It's, this is another team they should beat though. It really is. Um, we, 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 we think Seattle's better than St. Louis. Uh, they're supposed to be, but that was a concerning effort against Nashville, a weaker Nashville team compared. Like I said, I thought they played better against Vegas. I thought against Nashville, they didn't generate as many chances. That's a concern. St. Louis actually got a great goaltending performance from Jordan Bennington in a tough uh, shootout loss to Dallas the other night. That's something that if you're the Blues, you like seeing that, that it was a good performance from your goaltender who's obviously had his ups and downs uh, over the years. We'll see if he can keep that going here tonight against uh, Seattle. Joey Decord will make his first start uh, of the season for the uh, Seattle Kraken in net. Don't sleep on him. People automatically assume, all oh, the backup goalies in, uh, got to fade this team. If anything, it's going to make them want to play really hard and tighten up defensively and be strong from their own end and hopefully give the guy some goal support tonight, which they didn't give to Philip Grubauer uh, in the first two games of the season. One goal in the first two games for uh, Seattle. Very, very surprising to see this offense just uh, ice cold to begin the season. But Joey Decord is a good young goalie who has consistently gotten better. I remember there were some starts he made with the Ottawa organization, the Senators, couple years ago and it, he, he it was rough he had some tough times but he's consistently worked he's consistently gotten better worked at his craft and leads the Coachella Valley Firebirds to a Calder Cup final appearance last year and he was terrific in that playoff run he was really really good so don't sleep on Joey Decord's ability to go into St. Louis tonight and play a really good game in between the pipes uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken I'm probably going to end up taking them, God damn it. Uh, but, yeah, I probably will. It's going to be a small bet. The thing is, the Seattle bet against Vegas was pretty sizable for me. I really, really like them against Nashville, which is why I use them for best bet, and obviously that didn't go well. This is not best bet material anymore with Seattle because they have I've cooled off on them a bit. But this is, this is a price that I'm not convinced Seattle's just around even money at St. Louis. If, like, let's say they beat Vegas and they beat Nashville, and they're 2-0 and instead of 0-2, they're not minus 115 tonight. I'm convinced of Absolutely it. Absolutely not. They're not. Yep. They are at least minus 140 to 50 in this game, in my opinion. So you're actually getting 30 cents of value because they've started 0-2 instead of 2-0, and and they haven't looked good, especially the last game. So value alone, I will take some kind of bet here with Seattle minus 115. Jared McCann props Johnny K. absolutely. He's the guy. He's the guy. When Seattle wins, he's, he goes over his shot prop, he scores a goal, and he gets a point. Jared McCann's the guy that really gets things going here for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Alex, uh, anything here for you, Seattle, St. Louis? Yeah, I've seen people in chat mention first period over, and I, I think that is a good look here uh, potentially. But I also like the draw here at plus 330. Like you said, with Joey Decord in that, uh, you know, there's a lot of good value here. But I think they're going to play just a tougher, tighter kind of overall game. I don't think we're going to see them just jump out and score five goals. Uh, I think they're going to play all around balanced hockey. And, 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 you know, that's what kind of worries me about the first two games, too. I always, you know, keep in the back of my hand. Yes, Dave Haxtell is still the coach of the team. They did have a lot of offensive explosion and firepower last year. But at the, the crux of the day, he's still a defensive minded coach. And he's going to always be more enthused with seeing uh, responsible play on the back end. So he, maybe he's not too worried about the lack of offense the first two games because the defense for what it's worth even in, in, in two losses hasn't been just completely horrendous but they got to get that offense rolling you can't have 
just nine shots in the second and third period of, of a contest against a, a weak Nashville team. You should be able to, to destroy Nashville. You should be able to destroy St. Louis. These are the weaker teams in, in your conference, and, and you can't let them hang around. They're going to regret playing like this down in, in the middle of the year. But like you said, you, you, you get things gelled together now so you play better later. Uh, I think Seattle does get a win here, but I'm not betting the money line. I'm going with the draw, and I will be looking for that first period over. Uh, you can lay 122 right now. If you, if you aren't going to be able to live bet this game, I say grab it now. If you can live bet and you're live betting this evening, I'd say wait and grab a better price. Uh, that, that's probably a good way to approach it. Yeah, one nothing. Ottawa's just taken an early lead on the uh, Philadelphia uh, Flyer. Good start. We're on the regulation and the team total there with the Sens, so we like the sounds of that early in that game. All right, next up as we continue along here, uh, the rest of the games are the late-night games. We've got a lot of late-night action tonight on this huge day of hockey. We've got four games in the late-night hours. One of them is Vancouver and Edmonton rematch of the massacre in Van City uh, the other night, and that's what it was. It was a massacre if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Eight to one, obviously a huge revenge spot, a huge bounce-back spot in theory. Can they get the job done? Minus 210 home favorites, seven. I The total, I ain't laying minus 210, clearly, with Edmonton here in this game. But I do have that sense, like, they are really going to want to have a big response, and they are capable of having a big response. When you have a Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, you got the skill you have up front. Jay Woodcroft is a coach that normally, normally he's pretty calm, pretty measured. Uh, he was very pointed. You know, he didn't rant and rave and yell. He's not that kind of guy. But he was pointed. He's like, that was that was embarrassing on our part. He says, not good enough. And he used a preseason level of intensity was the phrase he used after that loss against Vancouver to describe the Oilers' effort uh, in that game. I think the way to approach it and the bet that I've got, got here to, in this game is that Edmonton Oilers' first period puck line, minus a half, plus 130, first period. I think that's the best approach. You, because, look, they lost the game in the first period. They were down, what, 2 nothing, 3 nothing, and it was a bad start. And they know they got to clean that up, clean that shit up, and have a much better first 20 minutes to this hockey game. I think you're going to see that from Edmonton here in this game. And to be honest, why you know why take Edmonton regulation or minus 210, those prices, when you can get a nice plus 130 on them in the first period on the puck line when you assume that they are going to be uh, at their best early, on their toes early? which clearly they were not in that uh, first game against Vancouver uh, on Wednesday night. So to me, that's the best way to approach it. Everybody has to be better. Hell, I thought for McDavid and Dreisaitl, that was about as bad a game as you'll see them play. No question about that. Uh, Pearl of Wisdom, I like your look. You know, for value, Oilers first period team total uh, over one and a half. I don't mind that. Because I do think they've got a good chance to have the lead uh, after the uh, opening 20 minutes. Uh, and that's often something that I would look at with the uh, teams in a favorable spot, a big bounce back spot, a good team looking to really play well and come out strong, fast, out of the gate. Sometimes that first period team total ended up being a good look. And it's plus 185 to plus 190 in some spots for that Oilers first period team total over. So I think that's definitely a, a solid look as well. But I, like I said, I'll, I am on that uh, as of right now. I might add that team total, but I'm on that for sure. The uh, puck line at minus plus 130, Edmonton minus a half, plus 130, first period puck line. Alex Canucks Oilers. Yeah, I think this is 
the last I'm looking at this whole schedule and it's massive. I'm pretty sure yeah, this one this game and there's one more game. These will be the last two that I'll have that will be live wager uh spots for the on the family plan tonight. But like I say, I'm looking at that first period over. Two at plus money. I actually wouldn't hate that too much in this spot, but I just think we can get a, a, a better number. So I'm looking for one and a half. I'll lay one forty. Uh, in the spot to get one and a half as opposed to what right now, if you search for it, it'd be maybe 175 to 180 to grab a one and a half. So uh, that's my approach for this game. This is not so much waiting for plus money. I don't think we'll get enough time to do that. This is one of those spots where I'm, I want to get the better number of one and a half and try to get that price down somewhere within my range of one, 140, even 145. I would try to grab if I see the pace really amping up. So that's the way I'm, I'm going to approach this game. Definitely. And again, sometimes those best bet, the, the better bets on the card come from just waiting and looking for a live uh, opportunity. And Alex says that might be the case here with the uh, Canucks and the Oilers. A uh, shout out to everyone in the chat before we get to our next game, because we've hit the 200 viewer mark. Uh, that is absolutely terrific. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate yeah. it uh, very much. Also that we've gotten over 4,000 subscribers now. Yeah. We, hit, we hit that mark yesterday, too. So thank you, everybody who subscribed. And, and like I said, even if you don't join the Ice Guys family plan, subscribe to the channel. Make sure to hit the bell for notifications, especially if you do sign up for the family plan, because that bell, those notifications will let you know when those live bets come in, when we post new content, especially down the line when we do the impromptu live bets. You'll certainly want to have that on. So everybody who who is part of this, whether you sign up for the channel or the family plan, both, you just we definitely want to make sure to have your notifications on for this channel moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a good advice there. Uh, and make sure you are uh, aware of that. No doubt. Uh, make sure you have those notifications turned on. Uh, as far as props in this game, Connor Garland, you know, they, they granted him a trade request. He played well. Connor Garland might have some prop. That, Elias Pedersen was great in the first game. Props with him, I wouldn't say uh, no to. As far as on the uh, Edmonton side of the uh, equation, uh, you know, Connor McDavid, I think, has to have a big response. I think this is one of those nights where maybe you grab the McDavid and Dreisaitl. You do the old over one and a half points for both of those guys. You could bet them individually. You could put them in a parlay, same game parlay maybe. But I've I've seen this act for years with these two guys after a, the team gets their ass kicked. The very next game, those two guys are just they're playing with their hair on fire. They're playing like there's a you know a bolt of electricity going right through their skates. It wouldn't shock me to see that tonight. So. You know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, you can bet them on their own over one and a half points, or you can put them in a parlay of some. I could see them both getting two points tonight uh, for the Edmonton Oilers and what's clearly a bounce-back spot in theory for them. Vancouver looks really good. That's the one thing. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's not a slam dunk for Edmonton. Vancouver's a better team this year. We said it in the preview. We liked Ed Vancouver. I'm on their over point total. I think Alex liked it as well uh, with Vancouver to be better. So it's not a shoe-in. Edmonton's got to bring that performance level that work ethic get saves from their goalies whether it's Campbell or Skinner in that they need better goaltending night they need better play in front of their goalie and it is Stu Skinner by the way uh, who is going to get the start tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers so Campbell was named the number one after a brilliant preseason it starts off bad for although a lot of it was the guys in front of him too against Vancouver and now back to Skinner for uh, this game but it's going to be one of those deals where Jay Woodcroft's going to go back and forth with both guys I think all season long uh, Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell, as far as his two goalies go uh, for uh, moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. And Evan Bouchard as well. You know, the point prop cashed again. Even though they played horribly, his point prop cashed again. 
Evan Bouchard. So we, we've been talking about Evan Bouchard point props till we're blue in the face here for really since the trade deadline last year. And he started playing the number one power play duty uh, after Tyson Berry got traded. But yeah, Evan Bouchard's been just a point producing machine uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers from the blue line. So definitely wouldn't talk anyone out of that. Anaheim Vegas. We've got Vegas minus 350 home favorites, six and a half the total in this one. You know, Vegas, look, as they, they've taken care of business so far this season. They haven't had that slip up. They didn't have that lackadaisical performance against San Jose. They took care of business against a bad team, a team they should have beaten. That being said, the injuries, man, they're starting to mount. You know, Martinez and White Cloud were already out on the blue line. That's why you got Ben Hutton and uh, Braden Pahal playing on the blue line for them right now. And there's a potential adding of, of adding Alex Petrangelo to the injured list tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he took a puck right near his eye. It was a bleeding from right around his eye area and against San Jose. It was not, didn't look good. It looks like he avoided significant damage, but there is some concern. He's, he's day to day due to that. And um, he may or may not go tonight. So it's not confirmed for sure that he's out, but uh, keep an eye on that. There may be no Petro uh, on the uh, blue line here tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And as much as Vegas has all kinds of depth uh, on that blue line, and they do, like it's incredible. And you see Braden Pahal scores first NHL goal the other night, and he's a guy that's filling in. You know, it's just sick how much depth they have. And look, the guy that's probably going to go in if Petrangelo doesn't play is Caden Korchak. And, and and this is a guy that they really, really like. He's a young kid. He's 22 years old. Uh, he's played very well down with the Henderson Silver Knights uh, in the American Hockey League. So there's another kid that might be able to come in there and play better than you think just because they've accumulated such quality depth in this uh, organization, especially on the blue line right now. So we'll see if Petrangelo plays, but if he doesn't, that could be three regular defensemen out. Although if there's one team that can withstand that, it's probably the Golden Knights. Anaheim's an interesting case. This is their first game of the season. So this is the team that's probably starting their season the latest of any team in the NHL. And you also have concerns about the fact that, you know, Jamie Drysdale because of contract issues, Trevor Zegras, because of contract issues, didn't get a lot of time in training camp uh, or the preseason. How up to speed are they going to be for this first game against uh, Vegas? You know, are they going to be in game shape, game for, game rhythm? You know, they didn't have much uh, preseason and um, training camp opportunities compared to the rest of the team. So that's something that would concern you a little bit. I do like the over here slightly, slightly uh, in this game. Um, because I do think it could be one of those games here where Vegas should be able to score on the Anaheim Ducks. We still, I still have my concerns about Anaheim as far as the defensive uh, end of the ice. Uh, and John Gibson, we'll have to see how he plays. I assume he's going to start, although it hasn't been confirmed. You know, he's going to have to. He's probably playing to get noticed as well because he could be trade deadline uh, fodder uh, for this team. There's a very potential of that. So we'll see how he fares in, in this game. A guy that's you know. Look, the blue line in front of him wasn't great last year, but he also struggled. So we'll see if he can play a little bit better. I do think this game could be a little bit more of an up-and-down affair. I know that's not easy to always bet overs with Vegas. We know they can shut you down. They shut down Seattle. They shut down San Jose uh, in their first two games. But Anaheim does have some firepower with McTavish, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegras, Strom, uh, Vetrano. Uh, Drysdale is going to give them better puck movement now from the back end for sure. And we again, now this is Petrangelo. If he doesn't play, that is now really uh, an even more significant 
uh, piece on the blue line out for Vegas, where I could see Anaheim chipping in some offense. There's Vegas should be able to get themselves their share of goals here. Remember, I think they hung a seven spot in one of the home games last year against Anaheim uh, and had no problem finding the back of that. So that's what I'm going to go with here. There's a six at DraftKings right now, uh, over six minus 120 at, at DraftKings. Uh, I will go forward with that here in this game. Alex Ducks, Golden Knights. It's funny because I already have a huge card, especially for my live plays. But now when you talk about the injuries with Vegas, I'm like, I have to have this one circled for a live over of a five and a half. I don't think Vegas is going to jump out right away. And this might be one of those where I get burned and don't even get a chance to bet it. Uh, as I say this, Vegas could probably score a goal in a minute and then we don't have a chance to do any, anything here. So I will grab for the show purposes uh, that over six as well at DraftKings. But I will probably try to sp- – I'll give this game a glance and see if, if I'm seeing the tempo that I want and like, then I'll, I'll maybe sprinkle something small on this live over. Like I said, I want to see what Vegas looks like with that kind of a, a beaten up blue line. This is an team. Like I said, they have the offense to at least keep play, pace early, but Vegas has won 22 of the first 27 meetings against Anaheim. And, and a lot of these have been runaways in Vegas's favor. So uh, even with a banged up crew, still might be able to find a way to win. Same thing I said about them playing uh, San Jose the other night. So I'd be really dicey of taking anybody's sidewise. I know 280 is a juicy price this time of year, but uh, yeah, I just would stay away from a side altogether. Maybe look for some totals, grab a, the best price now and grab a little bit later in game. Yeah, definitely. This could be, yeah. I, if it was six, if I didn't find a six, I'd probably be the, don't bet the six and a half. Take it live at five and a half, like you're planning right. on doing. Uh, but six is six is key. Six is, you know, yeah, six yeah. is fine. Yeah. yeah, six is key. So I grabbed that. But again, you can also wait to see if you get a five and a half live in game in that first period, if it starts off a little uh, slowly. Uh, next up, Colorado and San Jose. Uh, we've got the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, minus uh, 300 here. Road favorites uh, in the uh, Shark Tank and the total here sitting at uh, six and a half uh, in this game shaded to the under. San Jose is the worst team in the NHL, unequivocally. <laughs> in fact, right now in my power ratings preseason, and I'll be updating them after the first week or so of action on Monday and posting them for the first time on Monday on the Patreon page and for our Ice Guys family plan members and subscribers on our community tab. I might even do a little video a component with that. Now, what I'll do with the videos is I'm going to be re- pre-recording an unlisted YouTube video, pre-recording it, and then I'll just pop the YouTube link of that unlisted video in the community tab for members only. So that way it's only visible to the members. And that's what I'm planning on doing for the first set of power ratings. Just explaining, okay, this team's at one, why? This team's number two, why? This team's number three, all the way down to 32. Uh, And there you go. And San Jose's 32. And in fact, I've got them quite a few paces behind 31 uh, right now. That's where they're at right now. I saw a team that was a mess in their own end at times against, albeit a pretty good Vegas team, defending champs, tough first game, but still, mess in their own end. The blue line is just a travesty. You know, Mark Edward Vlasic is the only really sturdy above average defender they have. Nobody else is. Kokkinen and Blackwood are about as bad a goaltending duo as any team has in the NHL. The forward group is patchwork. Where are they going to get consistent offense from? They like William Eklund, but I didn't see him make too much of an impact the other night against Vegas. And this is supposed to be one of their higher end prospects and couldn't find him with a telescope on the ice much of that game. Uh, against Vegas. So uh, there's some major concerns here that I have uh, for uh, the Colorado, uh, for the San Jose Sharks, rather. And now they got to take on another Western Conference heavyweight here uh, in the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who, by the way, looked extremely impressive uh, in their season opening win against the LA Kings 
uh, the other night. Very, very solid. It was good to see. And you know what I love? I love the chemistry that we've already seen from the Nathan McKinnon, Mikkel Ranton, and Jonathan Drouin uh, top line for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Drouin got a point. I think the Drouin prop continues to be something you want to bet until proven otherwise. I think he's definitely found a home here playing with his junior teammate, Nathan McKinnon, from the Halifax Mooseheads days. You know, playing on that top line with him and Rantanen, I think you're going to see the best that we've seen from Jonathan Drouin in many years playing with this uh, top line of uh, McKinnon and Rantanen here on this Colorado team. The blue line, one through six, as good as it gets. Love some of the depth forward additions that uh, the Avalanche made as well. When you bring in Miles Wood, Ross Colton, and Thomas Tatar, who by it just goes to show he's actually got um, – they're all on the same line. Uh, for Colorado, the three new forwards, Tatar, Wood, and Colton for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So a very good team up front, deep as can be with one through six. And talent-wise, you match up the roster with Colorado to San Jose, and there's just no comparison here. I mean, so it should be another tough night at the office here uh, for the San Jose Sharks. We don't have goal. Oh, we do have goalies confirmed. It's uh, Alexander Georgiev once again for Colorado. He was very solid in the win against L.A., and Mackenzie Blackwood for the first time. Blackwood shitting in the dead of night. Uh, he is back uh, in net here for the uh, Sharks for the first time this season after Kockenden got the start uh, against Vegas. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, he's no better than Kockenden. Might even be worse, actually. The problem is, where do you find the value, right? Do you, do Is there value here? There's a big road favorite. You know, the, the puck line's minus 110 to minus 120. I, I lean that way. What I ended up betting here was just I kept it simple. And sometimes you have to lay a price. You don't always love laying a bigger price. I did that here. Colorado team total over three and a half minus 152. Is it a great price? No, it's minus 152. It's just above my threshold of what I am comfortable laying with a particular bet. But to me, it's just how did they not get four goals? They should uh, against this San Jose team, just like Vegas did the other night. So Colorado team total over three and a half for me here, minus 152. Uh, yeah, Ross Colton goal prop. I think there's a lot of that. Like I said, I will definitely like Drew End point uh, in this game. Rantanen to get a goal because Rantanen's just a, a, a red hot goal scorer going back to last year. Uh, Colton, you know, just even if you can find point props on them, let me just check to see if there are any on some of those third line guys, Miles Wood had a pretty solid game. Uh, Ross, no, I don't see point props, unfortunately for them, but yeah, if you want to take a shot with those goal props, certainly getting a really good price uh, with uh, those third line forwards of the Colorado avalanche to uh, get that, uh, to, to be able to find the back of the net. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here? Colorado, San Jose. Well, yeah, I mean, this is about as uh, opposite of the spectrum as you can get Colorado. Stanley Cup contender, uh, San Jose. I actually, if I did full AHL rankings, they would be ranked behind Coachella Valley and the Calgary Wranglers. Uh, they're horrendous. This is an awful hockey team, except Mackenzie Blackwood making his start. We'll see if the change of scenery makes a difference. I don't think it will. So uh, this is a game. I have nothing on this at all. I, I probably won't even watch this game. Damn sure will not be watching the shark speed of this game. So uh, with other stuff on late at night, this is the pass. Yeah, take that, Randy Hahn. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Not one See, of every, every time I talk about Randy Hahn, something happens with audio. You notice that? It's like two yeah. years now. <laughs> I know. Exactly. My mute button now because Randy Hahn's name gets mentioned, and all of a sudden our fucking 
feed and our fucking stream yard <laughs> starts fucking up on us. Yeah. So it's just, just par for the course. All right. Final game. We've made it to the last game of this massive 14 game Saturday NHL slate, Carolina hurricanes, Los Angeles Kings, Carolina minus 130 road favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. I think when you look at this matchup here with the Canes and the Kings, Carolina's dominated LA, believe it or not. Look at series history. It's pretty crazy. Carolina has really had the better of it here against the LA Kings. And look, the last couple of years, LA has been a pretty good team, like playoff team. They lost to Edmonton two straight years in the first round. And during this span, 19, 2019 till uh, the last season, 2023, Carolina's won seven straight uh, over the LA Kings. So they have really done a nice job here uh, against LA head to head. I lean Carolina a little bit. One thing I noticed from LA now, they played a really good team and a tough team, obviously, right off the shoot, Colorado. That's not easy. But when you have center ice shakeup, they're going to be really good. This, this, They're going to be as good as any four centers in the league, L.A., but sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes time to gel. Sometimes it takes time for that rhythm and that continuity to get there with your teammates. And I think that could be the case here for uh, some of these uh, L.A. Kings down the middle, including, of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, it may not be right away that things click for the Kings with this new look center ice position uh, for them. Um, so keep an eye on that moving forward with them. Um, the blue line, again, is pretty solid with Anderson, Doughty, Gavrikov, Matt Roy, Tobias Bjornfoot, and uh, England. But again, the, that, that was a game where L.A. got their chances against Colorado, had opportunities, certainly fired a lot of pucks uh, on net. Uh, against uh, Georgiev in that game against Colorado, but he made the saves and Cam Talbot did not make enough of them. And that is going to be one of the critical concerns that we have more so long-term with LA. Like we're, if we're talking about this team as a Stanley cup contender and a chance to win a championship, I am truly worried a little bit about whether Talbot and Copley are going to be the goalies capable of delivering that kind of net mining for them uh, on a nightly basis. Um, as of right now, we don't have goalies confirmed for this game. Uh, we do know Kaliev for the Kings is still serving his suspension. It looks like Victor Arvidsson is still out as he's on IR. And, of course, Andrei Svechnikov for Carolina uh, is not uh, ready to return just yet. So uh, Freddie Anderson and Phoenix Copley are right now the projected starting goalies for this game. But, uh, again, this with this being the uh, latest game tonight, 10.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, there is no uh, confirmations yet as to who will be in net. I think Michael Bunting to get a point is worth coming back to. I cashed a ticket with Michael Bunting to get a point against uh, Carolina. believe he got their first goal in that game against Ottawa the other night. And I think when you look at this matchup here, oh, it is going to be Copley for L.A., or at least looks like it is going to be likely to be Copley. Uh, no confirmation yet for Carolina, though. But I like Bunting to get a point again. Uh, that was a good, energetic first game. Uh, with his new team, the Carolina Hurricanes, the other night playing on the uh, top line for them. He's minus 110 to get a point. So there's been zero adjustment. So to me, you know, you keep pouncing on that prop until you see that line get adjusted as far as I'm concerned. Bunting with Ajo uh, and with Jarvis, Teravine and Kotkaniemi and Marty Natchez, uh, of course, the uh, second line for uh, Carolina. Yeah, I like the Bunting point prop again for sure uh, in this game. As far as L.A., look, I said Byfield. He's got to be big for L.A. He did get a goal for them despite the loss against uh, Colorado. He's getting opportunity once again on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe 
Quentin Byfield props, I think, are totally undervalued because he's not getting priced at all, at all, like a top-line player. He's plus 470 again to score a goal tonight for uh, the LA Kings. Probably worth a sprinkle there. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned, Kempe, who I think is going to have a big year for them this year. Again, a quiet night by his standards against uh, Colorado, but usually when he has a quiet night one night, not so quiet the next. So Kempe might be worth a look as far as goal props go tonight. And like I said, on the Carolina side, Nate just is always a candidate to find the back of the net. But to me, I like Michael Bunting especially, top-line player that is very undervalued compared to his line mates, Ajo and Jarvis, on that top line. Uh, for Carolina. Alex, uh, final game. What do you like here? Hurricanes, Kings. Uh, I'm on the Hurricanes here. And, and it's funny because I didn't even notice the Auntie Ranta split uh, against LA at 6 and 1. Jerry Grubel mentioned that in the chat. But also, Frederick Anderson, 11 1 and 3 against the LA Kings. Of course, a lot of that came with his time with the Anaheim Ducks when the Ducks were better and that free ray. Uh, rivalry was a, was much better overall, but Carolina has just been magnificent playing against the Kings. They've won seven in a row, eight and one the last nine meetings. Uh, and like I said, you want, that's what you want to look at. You want to look at what we're talking about the last five, six seasons, seven seasons now where teams have played back to back. Of course, pandemic threw things off with that, but that's the crux you want to look at with cross conference uh, research. You go anywhere back between, you know, 2014 or further, that stuff's useless. But this is where you want to condense your historical uh, research when you're looking at, at cross-conference teams. The last 10, last 12 games is what you really want to work with. And Carolina's been dominant in that. So I laid $1.20. I like it at $1.30. I wouldn't mind taking in regulation as well. So we'll go Carolina 130 for the short purposes, but uh, a regulation shot would, would make a little bit of sense too. I know Kings that play kind of tight, so that might be a little worrisome. That wouldn't be my favorite regulation side, but definitely like the Canes to win this game. One last point, too, is as far as um, the total. Six is the prevailing number with the total, but FanDuel is hanging a five and a half at minus 140 for over five and a half. I'm going to grab a little over five and a half. At that number, I'm interested simply because I watched a lot of that Carolina-Ottawa game. They were giving up quality chance. It was weird. You don't normally see that from Carolina. Maybe they tighten up here. But the Ottawa had a lot of really good looks uh, against Freddie Anderson and that Carolina D uh, in the game the other night. And we know how many questions we have about L.A.'s goaltending at the moment with Talbot and Copley uh, for them. It looks like it's going to be Copley tonight. So at five and a half, I don't mind taking a little look at the over there at that number. They're going to put the five I mean, and a half out there. I, well, that's kind of the same thing I would say. I, you know, I said about the game, you know, earlier about if you're if you're betting live, I probably wouldn't take five and a half laying one forty. If you if you have that book, that should turn into even money in about two minutes. Uh, if, if you're if you're yep. now if you're watching, if you're gonna be watching other things and and you you know you feel like you might slip away from you, bet it small. Maybe you, you come back to it and, and and add a little bit more on live, or just grab it all together. But but if if you yeah, I don't know as a Live, I would probably, if you're playing live, I certainly wouldn't lay 140 because that number will certainly flip. And even with a six, that should flip over to that five and a half, 140. If you don't have it at your book, you should be able to get that live within a couple of minutes. So this is definitely a live game, I think, for that total with uh, with that number. If that's already set there, and that's something to look for when you see these. If you're looking at these live plays, that's something I look for. I'm going to write about this, too. When I see those sixes and six and a halves, like I said, I'm always looking to adjust price and number. So the number will flip quicker on a, a six to five and a half, obviously, as a, to a six and a half. But the prices will vary. With a six, that five and a half is going to open up like 175. With a six and a half, that five and a half will start at around 150. So 
like I said, I'm, I'm studying more within looking at these numbers and how they move. This will be a game I'll have circled to watch how this number moves off of a six and try to get that kind of a, a data so we can compile that and make that a little bit stronger for our live betting. Yeah, like I say, Alex and is right about that. If you don't, I, I'm comfortable laying minus 140 on an over five and a half in this game pregame at FanDuel. But if you're not, and you want a better price. You're right. If it's a scoreless start, just two or three minutes into the game, you're going to see, especially at FanDuel and even the other books, it'll drop to five and a half pretty quick. Uh, and you'll be able to even get it closer to even money. You know, if, if we get a good amount of minutes at the beginning of the game without uh, any goals. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. Those live betting strategies, man, we're here for you as far as giving you those live betting uh, strategies. Again, make sure you sign up as an Ice Guys family plan member, $9.99 US per month. It's just, it's basically the VIP portion of what we do here at the Ice Guys, where it's going to be all kinds of content and videos and betcasts as the season goes on that are in addition to the regular daily show and the betcasts we already have scheduled the daily betting cards the live wagers and the strategy for live wagers from alex daily in there that's all going to be there and a lot more plus interaction you know people are leaving comments in our posts in the community tab and we'll try to respond to them as much as possible yeah. and as quickly as possible and and we're going to use this community tab quite a bit. And not just even for, obviously, for our Ice Guys family members, you'll get to see everything. But even on the free uh, side of things with the community tab, we'll have polls, we'll have questions, we'll have different things. So we're definitely going to be more interactive with the YouTube channel as a whole, not just for the family members, but for everybody involved. So definitely we want to get involved. And if you are a part of the family plan, by all means, leave comments, leave questions. Any, anything you have that you want to talk about, any, any topics you want us to talk about, uh, you know, you have suggestions for a segment that we maybe we should try to introduce or, or, or do anything. Leave a comment there. We read it. We go through everything and we will certainly uh, try to our best to accommodate you guys. Absolutely. No doubt. And that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a family plan. It's called that for a reason. It's the viewers and the listeners are our family. They really are. Without you guys, we don't have a show. We can't do a show without you guys. So that is why we call it that. And it is uh, good to have. Uh, everyone joining us there uh, on that uh, family plan. All right, bargain bin special of the night and then best bets. I already gave it away earlier. It's Matt Coronado of the Calgary Flames, plus 410 anytime goal scorer against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He had chances. I know he didn't score against Winnipeg, but he had chances. He's playing on the second line. He's playing on the number one power play unit for the Calgary Flames as well. You get a tired, shaky defensive team like Pittsburgh as well on a back-to-back. Uh, it's an opportunity for Matt Coronado to get his first NHL goal, and the price is great, plus 410 for my bargain bin special of the night for Saturday. Alex, anything in the bargain bin that interested you? I do have one in the bargain bin. It's a name that you're probably not going to hear too often in the bargain bin, Leon Dreisaitl. I like him to get the first goal of the game tonight, plus 800. Looking at his numbers, he's had 20 goals and 29 assists uh, his career against Vancouver. Like I said, they're going to be off to a hot start. What always happens with, with Edmonton, right? Everybody's looking for number 97, Connor McDavid. That's how Leon Dreisaitl gets most of his goals. It's usually McDavid's being shadowed, and he gets the pass over, and 29 finishes it. That's what I think happens for the first goal of the game in Edmonton, Vancouver. So I'm going Leon Dreisaitl, first goal, plus 800 at FanDuel. There you go, Leon Dreisaitl, plus 800 to score the first goal tonight against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So uh, Alex going with a first goal. Uh, prop and, and that's fine bargain bin means it's any prop any price plus 300 or better doesn't matter what kind of bet it is uh, so there you go great value there uh, for uh, alex with that first goal on a for dry cycle 
All right, great show. Fun to have these. These are long shows. And actually, you know what? Under two hours for 14 games isn't that bad. Uh, sometimes I'm always worried it goes past two hours. And that we don't want. We want to keep it at two hours, even on the maximum. Even on these big Saturdays, we appreciate everyone joining us. Over 200 live viewers. Hit the like button. We appreciate it. Time to wrap it up with best bets. I've got a tough act to follow from that Arizona plus 205 winner from last night. Alex, what do you like here for best bet? Yeah, I got to I gotta bring home a winner in this segment. I mean, it's been, been kind of rough to start the week. But we're going with the Calgary Flames. Minus $1.10. This is a Pittsburgh Penguins club that, like I said, still trying to get things in order. But I love what we're seeing from Calgary. So far, so good in the first 60 minutes. Huska had that team playing with some fire and intensity and some offensive creativity. Don't go turn it back to the sternums on me now tonight, Calgary. We need a win here. So minus $1.10. That's my best bet for this big Saturday. All right, there we go. Calgary Flames minus 110 against Pittsburgh. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet here for this Saturday a slate. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, Detroit, over 6.5, minus 120. Uh, there's a bunch of games that I had as candidates for best bet. I think this is the best one. I think Tampa Bay's in a spot where, hey, we have Jonas Johansson. We're transitioning to a new defensive system and defensive structure, trying to play the way Vegas does. There's going to be growing pains when you're trying to learn a new defensive system. doesn't matter what the sport is. We're going to need to score goals to win games right now at this stage of the season. And we saw that against Nashville. They scored five uh, in their season opening win against the Predators. I think they'll find the back of the net here against Detroit. You know, I'm not crazy about their blue line to start the season. And then on the flip side, look, Jonas Johansson is a goalie that's a big fat question mark as far as consistency. And being able to play at a very high level is concerned. And I like the team total for Detroit here too, but I like the full game over even more because I do think Tampa will score. And I do think Detroit will find their share of goals as well. Lightning, Red Wings, over six and a half, minus 120 uh, for my best bet here for this Saturday card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. And we are back tomorrow on Sunday. A noon Eastern. It'll be a much shorter show. It'll be get in, get out. We're going to be off the air before those NFL games uh, start tomorrow. So it'll be a short show. There's just two games on the slate tomorrow, Tampa Bay, Ottawa, Carolina, Anaheim. And we will break those games down tomorrow on the Sunday edition of the Ice Guys. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the massive Saturday NHL slate. And good luck with your wagers. And we'll be back tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 